Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not a fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking a white male. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This, this is Beauty and the Beta. <laughs> and we will make America great again. I've known Donald for a number of years. You know, we've, we've played the golf together, had, had dinners together. I've known him, you know, pre-presidency and obviously during his uh, presidency. He's the president of the United States and you have to respect the, the, the office. He may like, dislike, personality or the, the politics. We all must respect the office. say something about what Tiger Woods said. Okay. It really bothers me. I am angry at what Tiger Woods said because it, it is it is a thoughtless statement dressed up as a thoughtful statement. And it either holds in contempt the intelligence of the people who hear it or else it's just a stupid thing to say. We must respect the office, therefore that confers respect to the occupant. Tiger, is that what you're saying? If that's what you're saying, that is a stupid comment. I don't, be, but I, I don't even know if he believes that that's what he's well, saying. First of all, we don't know what Tiger Woods believes. He's Camblin Asian. He's not black. When he got arrested, he was black. He was listed as black on the report. So let's understand that. You are fake news. Very fake news. Skag 3, wherever he is. I can't read it. There's no, there's no words on it. All right, go, go. We'll do it live. Okay. I'll write it and we'll do it live. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the best. You can ask anyone about that. People often do. This is Beauty and the Beta. My name is Matt Christensen, flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. Much to discuss tonight, including, but not limited to, Florida gubernatorial candidate Rick DeSantis says we shouldn't monkey Florida up by voting for socialism, and uh, Democrats and media jump all over that obviously overtly racist statement. But is it? We'll discuss. Interesting takes on both sides. I think it's just kind of an awkward, weird statement, but I... To jump to immediate racism is quite the stretch right. in this Although, case, I would say. Although, to be fair, I have never heard it before. Tim Pool has some evidence on the other yeah, side of it yeah, to consider. Some real book evidence. So uh, we'll take a look at that. Uh, you heard it there in the intro. E ESPN hosts on first take rip Tiger Woods for not responding adequately when asked if he hates Trump. Uh, I remember when ESPN was about sports highlights. Do you remember that? No. I don't. Those were the days. Let me tell you, when you tune in for the sports on ESPN instead of just CNN light, <laughs> which is apparently what it is now. My God. Uh, at least I'm glad to see that video is getting hated on yeah. YouTube. Hated, rightfully so. Are comments not, still up? Yeah, I think they are. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's not even hate, hate because of the politics, even though I happen to disagree with their politics, but it's like, hey, idiots, people want sports. Just talk about sports. Talk about the guys dribbling the ball and hitting the ball and throwing yeah. the ball and catching the ball. Not politics. Anyway, uh, speaking of sports, 
or at least sports video games, update on last week's shooting at the Madden tournament in Jacksonville that we discussed a little bit, but details weren't really available at the time. I want to circle back to that because there's some important information, including some downright, uh, well, again, just negligent, deceptive, bad, uh, agenda-driven coverage by MSNBC on that particular shooting. Plus, NPR actually gets journalistic. We mentioned this a little bit on Wednesday's stream. But they did a little deep diving into some federal school shooting data, and they found out, shocker, not to be believed. Data highly unreliable. So good work by NPR there. We'll take a look. The New Mexico Islamic Tire Fort, the story about that place, keeps getting crazier and crazier. You've got the details on that. So earlier this week, charges were dropped against three of the compound members, like New Mexico state charges, right? Yep. And now the FBI has arrested them and brought new federal charges. Yeah, I'm pretty suspicious. They didn't file within the 10-day time frame. It's like, huh, really, that big of a fumble. Hmm. It is very difficult to understand exactly what's going on there. So we'll do our best to make whatever sense of it that we can. But that story keeps unfolding in bizarre ways. Meanwhile, the Democrats continue uh, to strategize furiously to lose in November. Nancy Pelosi appears on local San Francisco uh, PBS to say that Trump and the Republicans are scared of all their pet minorities in the Democratic Party. They're very terrified of the women and the LGBT and the and the racial minorities and all the pets they have in the in the Democratic Party. So that's an interesting exchange to take a listen to. Plus, uh, the leader of the Democratic Party in California foolishly calls for a boycott of one of the state's most beloved institutions, In-N-Out Burger. Why? Why? Because In-N-Out Burger gave some money to the state Republican Party. Never mind that they also give to business-friendly Democrats. But they committed the sin of making a political contribution to someone the Democratic Party doesn't like. More importantly, it's delicious and nobody cares about their politics. We've got a bit of a Chick-fil-A situation going on. It's definitely going to backfire. Oh, yeah. And some of the commentary in the LA Times piece about it speaks exactly to that. Granted, it's anecdotal, but there's a guy in there. We'll talk about it later. There was a guy, a Democrat, asked at the In-N-Out counter by a Times reporter, said, hey, they gave a bunch of money to Republicans. Would you Are you feeling the boycott? And he says, mm, yeah, I don't like that. And I might uh, consider a boycott after I'm done with my lunch because I'm still going to get the burger. And that's ultimately what Animal happened. Animal style? Is that what you do? Uh, you know, I don't. I'm not the biggest in and out guy. I don't hate it either. I know it's an unpopular opinion. I just consider it a little bit overrated. I'll go there. I don't yeah, hate it. I don't it. like their fries, but otherwise. Fries are a weak point. They're fries are a weak point. Yeah. Personally, I'm a five guys person. But, I, uh, I do like five guys. Yeah. But uh, I, I'm not an in and out hater. I just think that the stories of its deliciousness, its legendary status are a little bit oversold. That's all. So as a California outsider, when you finally go in and you have it, I'm not sure that it lives up to the reputation that they want to build to people who. Oh, it's everybody's so friendly. It's clean. It's delicious. It's cheap, simple menu. I love it. And yeah, it's a, it's a well-run business, no doubt. And every, and most people love it. So it seems very foolish to make your political platform hatred of it. Yeah. But, hey, that's yeah. today's Democrats. Uh, another case of a MAGA hat theft. There's been yet another one. We'll check in on that. And um, and I've got a little bit of surprise cringe for you. It's been a little while. I've got some surprise cringe for you to play. Okay, it has been a little while. Yeah, to uh, to close the show. And of course, we'll take super chats in between topics, 10 bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good low down 
money grabbers. It's going to be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listing material. Thank you for liking the show on YouTube. Thank you for reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for supporting us on Patreon. Thank you for emailing us. That's beautyinthebeta at gmail.com. Remember, you can get the show in an audio format if you prefer. Take the show on the go with Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and more. They're all linked conveniently in the description for you. Wherever you find your podcast, you can find us. This is my real last fantasy football Ugh. announcement. Why is that? Because you got to join my survivor pool before Thursday if you want to play. Uh, if you're interested in joining my NFL survivor pool, the link is in the description. It's free to play. Winner at the end of the season will get a choice of a podcast mug or t-shirt. Uh, remember, you just got to sign up before kickoff on Thursday. That's it. You're not going to hear anything more about it. We'll see about that. Well, they can't sign up next Sunday. It'll be too late. Okay, good. Yeah. Got a couple pieces of artwork from listeners. Uh, we had a uh, from Marriad McGinnis. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. A, an homage to last week's technical errors where... Yeah. I hope nothing goes wrong this week. So far, I haven't had any hiccups in my internet. If you tuned in last week on YouTube, you will have seen there were like hiccups in the stream and it was, it was kind yeah. of uh, cutting. And that's because my internet was having issues. First time my fiber has ever had any issues since getting that installed in October. Mm -hmm. But also you had a power outage in the latter half of the I show. I did. And it took yeah. me about, I don't know, 10 minutes or so to get back. So for a while there, I was trying to figure out, I was scrambling to figure out what I was going to do. And I thought I'd finish the show on my own since we already prepped the topics, but thankfully you came back. But anyway, this is a, this is a, recreation of that experience and indeed i did feel like the forever alone the old forever alone meme man that is exactly how i felt live last sunday rich oh. is back uh formerly of trying uh, of making all those uh those alternate reality uh pieces that everyone loves and we love yeah but he's trying a new style this is a real scene from our wednesday Collins show this actually happened that's true i forgot that we did hold up knives one time well, I, I was sitting on the ground and I had to film in a different room because family was here. And I realized that next to my bedside table, I had a knife that was like this big. And I was like, Whoosh. and then yeah. you're like, I have a knife too. And I just happened to have a knife <laughs> down here too. Yeah. So we both pulled them out. And the moral hate thing was a reference to, was this discussion on Sunday or was it Wednesday? We're talking about how like SJWs, right. the leftists, they hate just as much as anybody. It's just, they're convinced that their hatred is this like morally pure, virtuous hatred. Right. And then I was like, no, no, my hatred is yeah. morally virtuous, which it is. So, so that's the reference. If, if you didn't catch that, um, moving on though, I'm very excited to play this campaign ad for you. We have, uh, tracked cringy campaign ads yeah. or odd campaign ads. There's been a lot of very interesting ones the last year and change. And I hope there are more leading up to the midterms here and perhaps into 2020 and all that. This is one, um, you haven't seen it yet, I hope. I have not. I'm not even going to give this any introduction. I'm just going to say it starts out, it looks like it's a boring, low-budget, uh, local race campaign ad. And then something happens. When it hits, it, you're going to be, um, you're going to be very shocked. Let's put it that way. Here is our surprise campaign ad. Hi, I'm your neighbor Kyle Green. I'm running for District 18A State Representative. I'm not asking for you to vote for me as your leader. I'm asking for you to vote for me as your public servant. The primary duty of a state representative 
is to protect all the rights of his constituents. I want to be your state representative, I want to be your public servant, and I want to be your nigger. Can we play I did, that? I did not. <laughs> I'm just going to say we might be banned now. I didn't edit that. I didn't cut that. That is 30 seconds exactly as he published it. What? The candidate published it. He hard would that. Yes, he hard would it. And if you're listening. Despite being half white. He might be Cablin Asian, like, uh, like Tiger Woods, as we heard from Stephen A. Actually, that was the term that Tiger Woods invented. But to give you some more context here. Again, that's how he published it. I didn't change a damn thing. Oh, man. This guy's name is Kyle Green. He is a white name. Organic farmer and independent candidate for state rep in Minnesota from the Litchfield and Hutchinson area. Green says he decided to use the word, that being the N-word, because he wants to encourage people to focus on the real issues at hand. So don't worry about words, I guess. Focus on the real issues, which he says is judicial corruption in Minnesota. That is, I don't remember anything else he said in that ad already. Yes, he says, quote, we need to unify as a society and we need to stop dealing with trivial matters. The word is part of the American history, regardless of the race. It's part of my history being African-American, white and Cherokee Indian. There it is. OK. Yeah, it's a I, bit of a albino Mike Tyson vibe going on. <laughs> I, uh, I still don't get it myself, but. What, what a, a soft A that shit. If you're going to say it, if you're black, I, I want to be your N word. What, what? I don't know. Uh, I mean, is he trying to appeal to black people? I don't think so. He said I, Minnesota. And he's not a Democrat. He's running as an independent, but huh. I, and I haven't looked much at his platform. Again, all I've seen is him talking about judicial corruption. So I don't know if he's a progressive candidate, if he's a libertarian or conservative candidate. I don't know what he is. Huh. I just know he wants to be your N word. Wow, that is what a just weird baffling. ad. Yeah, it's going over badly, ad. I'd imagine, right? I don't actually have a gauge of what the reaction is. I think he posted it to his Facebook page, his campaign Facebook page, and he said he doesn't have plans to like do ad buys for this on TV or something. Interesting. He probably just wants the hype, right? That that's I, the only thing I can think of. I guess. I mean, you you're definitely getting eyes on your campaign. Is it? politically wise is he going to get votes because of i don't this? think so that he carried that off like his name is kyle not like his name is jamal i mean <laughs> seriously yeah. that was True. a kyle thing to say he's going to get in some trouble for that good one kyle way to yeah. kyle it kyle up over here. green jeez okay other crazy video this week did you watch this lady going crazy on this bus in the bus I driver saw in the, i saw the stills and i couldn't find the video anywhere Oh, it's in the story. Yeah, you just got to scroll down a little bit, but oh. I'll, I'll play the video here. I've had to cut it up a little bit for time, but we'll show most bitch. of it. Jeez. Give you some context here. The D.C. Police Department released this video we're about to watch on Friday. Shows a woman smashing the windows of a bus. This is a Greyhound bus. And running over the bus driver who was out of the bus trying to deal with the situation as she tries to escape. Local news reports the violent outburst came after the woman attempted to illegally pass this Greyhound bus. As she was attempting to pass the bus, she sideswiped another car. When the driver of that car tried to make contact with her at a red light, the woman grew irate and broke into a verbal argument. The bus driver then told her she was a crazy driver and that she needed to get off the road, at which point she pulled out a baseball bat and a car jack from her trunk and started attacking the bus. The bus driver, meanwhile, gets out of the bus and stands in front of her car to prevent her from leaving the scene. And she doesn't care. She just drives off with him on the hood. 
basically, and almost runs him over. Not doing much for that stereotype, are we? But doesn't. Uh, so this is this is footage you got to see to believe. To be honest, this is out of DC on on Friday. She's getting arrested. That's a federal crime. This is a fucking fucking carrier. Is she fucking kidding me? Okay, and then you got bus driver guy in front of the car there. And she just starts trying to run him over. Oh, yo. Shit, she's going to fucking jail. Yo, leave him. Leave him nice alone. Nice narration. Leave him alone. And so these bus riders try to intervene. What are you doing, bro? Oh, she ain't. She ain't. That's all man, man. That's all man, That's all man. That's all man. You guys doing? Bus driver guy's trying to call the cops. She starts running. Yo. Running into him. She gets out, shoves him away. Just move from out of car so you don't get hurt. Who's this defending her? Gets in the car again and she's had enough of trying to... Yo! Yo! Yo, what's Him trying to stop her, she just drives off. Oh my god. Yeah. shit. Her name is Mariana Silver. She's 20 years old. She's now charged with assault with a dangerous weapon. She has been tracked down by police. I don't have much more information beyond that. Oh my god. Who's it's this one dude of, trying to white knife her? Like, just stay away from her. Just let her go. Yeah, I don't know who that was because I don't think he was in her car, but I'm not sure. He'd see, at first, I thought, well, what is this, her boyfriend or something? But I think it's just a guy. Like a guy who was there. Like some guy standing by. Oh, my God. That is yeah. insane. Definitely a weird clip. Well, good thing that people on the bus were taping it. Yeah, I mean... Th- some people, uh, insanely, some people on Twitter were critical of the bus driver guy. And I get it's like... Pray tell, how did they work that one out? Uh, because uh, Something about him. There are people trying to defend that lady. Something about how this bus driver was like unreasonable blocking her and things like that. I get it. If someone's that crazy, it's probably not prudent to actually block her because she will run you over. You need to just document her car and wait till the police arrive. No, but I mean, it is, probably underestimated you know, her crazy. Uh, I wouldn't after she was beating the bus with a, <laughs> with a yeah, car. Jack. I wouldn't be like, I'm going to go stand in front of this bitch's car. Yeah. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean that he's at fault in any way. Of course. It no, just means, that, you know, just means that, uh, like she's definitely not going to run me over. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, d- d- there's, there's real news this week. I made all the silly things that we're going to cover real news that neither of which are experts, <laughs> neither of us, I guess are, are experts. I know on. I should so, preface this by saying that I'm moving this week. So I'm like real tired. And as soon as I, I jumped into this NAFTA thing, I was like, holy shit, I don't know anything about this. Why do I not know anything about NAFTA? Why? I don't know, but I'm not a, I'm not an expert either. And I suspect someone, anyone who tells you that he is probably is I bet Sticks is. maybe sticks is but so this is not don't look to us for like profound analysis of whether this is a good deal or not and to be honest the details of the deal are not available yet trump has just been right. kind of puffing up his his bet what puffing i mostly up his wanted chest, to talk about what he wrote on twitter which i thought was hilarious okay so um so he told congress on friday that he will um sign a new free trade agreement with mexico in late late november so mexico's on board with this. Um, the Mexican government on Friday welcomed Trump's notification to Congress as, quote, a step forward in the formalization of the understandings reached by Mexico 
and the U.S. in relation to NAFTA. Presumably this, that we pr provide them with so much that it's basically impossible for them to negotiate. That's my understanding of this. Okay. Uh, Canada's not being so forthcoming. Just Trudeauing it up. Trudeauing it up, yeah. All right. Trump said Canada would be left out of a new NAFTA if a fair deal for the U.S. isn't reached and warned Congress he would terminate the deal entirely if lawmakers interfere in the negotiations. And this was a platform. He talked about this before the election plenty. Uh, but I want to read this tweet. There's... <laughs> Man, he just comes out guns blazing. There's no political necessity to keep Canada in the new NAFTA deal. If we don't make a fair deal for the U.S. after a decade after a decade of abuse, Canada will be out. Congress should not interfere with these negotiations or I will simply terminate NAFTA entirely and we will be far better off. This is one of those times when I'm just really happy that he's so active on Twitter. Does he have the, can he actually do that? That I should know uh, this, but can he yes. terminate a trade deal he can. They can, from um, the executive? He can. Uh Trump does have the power to terminate the pact with six months notice, but Congress, okay. uh, I mean, that they can do stuff against it. So it, people okay. would be, people would block it certainly, but he does, he does have that power. Um, yeah. He and other U S uh, officials have indicated a willingness to replace NAFTA with a bilateral Mexico deal in the event that Canada and the U S can't resolve the differences, hmm. which they will, they'll cave eventually because they're Canadians. So. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Um, I, I will have to admit, as I said, I don't have a sophisticated enough understanding to know the net positive or net loss of what's going on here. But I do, you know, if to the extent that this is real news and interesting to people, it is something to take a look at if that, uh, that suits your fancy. Cause you know, it's going to impact, uh, impact our economy and all that. So I don't know. I feel like I'm, it's better for me to admit I don't know shit about this than it is for me to try to sell you that I have some sophisticated opinions. Me too, opinion, and I really so. don't think that I even noticed that I knew nothing about NAFTA until I started looking into it this week. And, and I, I just never cared to. Why? That's enough real news as far as I'm concerned. I want to talk about this monkeying up thing. Okay, cool, because so do I. <laughs> and I want to know what Tim Poole said about it too, because when I yeah. heard that, I was like, I've... I don't think it's racist, but I also have literally never in my life heard anybody say that before. Uh, I would probably be in that camp. I've certainly heard like monkey around or monkey used as a verb in monkey a lot around, of... Monkey around, yeah, but monkey up. Yeah. I mean, admittedly, it's sort of a weird phrase. But when I heard this, I thought, mm, that's just a guy saying something weird. Yeah. What he could have said, like, we shouldn't screw this up. We shouldn't mess this up. Yeah. But to, to me, to think this was made with deliberate racist intent no, is such a stretch. Clearly, I think not. Yeah. Anyway, to, to give the full context of what happened here. So Andrew Gillum is the former Tallahassee mayor. And this guy, as far as I understand, I've not looked closely myself, but just what I see reported. He has kind of an Ocasian platform. He's, he's one of these guys that's all about the Medicare for all and the free everything and everything under the sun is a human right. Yeah. Uh, progressive Democrat. And he was sort of a surprise winner of the Democratic nomination for Florida governor on Tuesday. Uh, in addition to him, the guy uh, that we saw an ad from or who we saw an ad from previously, uh, Ron DeSantis, who had that ad teaching his kids to read by reading uh, Build the Wall. And, yeah. So, so we were trying to figure out, was that ad like endearing or was it cringe? Anyway, that's where we saw Ron DeSantis before. Uh, and so th those two are going to be facing off now, Gillum, of course, the progressive Democrat, he's also black. That is the key detail in, um, 
his in, platform. In, this con- in his platform and in this controversy. So on Wednesday, um, oh, I have, it in, I have the notes wrong here. DeSantis appeared on Fox News with Sandra Smith. And he says, quote, the last thing we need to do is monkey this up, meaning Florida and Florida's economy specifically. The last thing we need to do is monkey this up by trying to embrace a socialist agenda with huge tax increases and bankrupting the state. This is what his comments uh, sounded like on Fox. How do you plan to beat him? Well, look, I mean, this is a, the Florida elections are always competitive. And, um, you know, this is a guy who, although he's much too, too liberal for Florida, I think he's got huge problems with how he's governed Tallahassee. Uh, you know, he is an articulate spokesman for those far left views and he's a charismatic candidate. So we've got to work hard to make sure that we continue Florida going in a good direction. Let's build off the success we've had on Governor Scott. The last thing we need to do is to monkey this up by trying to embrace a socialist agenda with huge tax increases and bankrupting the state. That is not going to work. That's not going to be good for Florida. Uh, So I'm going to fight for what I believe in because I think I'm the guy who can really lead Florida in a good direction. Eh, I don't care. I don't think this is going to affect the polls either. Do people really care about this? Well, it seems like the Democrats and the Democrats yeah, they were do. Gonna vote for him anyway, so who cares? Well, it seems like they think it's going to be a viable campaign strategy to really maximize this and amplify it. I mean, that because, being said, his lack of foresight, you, I mean, you, you can't use that term any or anything like that. We all saw what happened to Roseanne. I mean, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I can't be that critical of his foresight because I just don't think there was really any Much thought it. it was just yeah, a that's word totally that true. came and as out people that do multiple live shows a week i can tell you that sometimes things just come out of your mouth it's and you're true. like now i just have to keep a neutral expression on my face so that i don't show everybody what a yeah. terrible verbal error i've had several times where i've said on air like well that's definitely going to be a meme that's going to be yeah, mentioned sure. tomorrow or memes that are going to be emailed to me or what whatever so I, i'm pretty sympathetic to that yeah. i don't think that i don't think it's a statement he wouldn't have made about a white guy or Hispanic guy or an Asian guy. Or I don't think that Gillum's race is the reason he used that word. No, no. I think that it's just sort of an awkward thing that came out of his mouth. And in context, you can tell exactly what he's talking about. Nonetheless, Democrats are, are jumping all over that to try to amplify it as a campaign issue. So are media outlets, unsurprisingly. Anytime there's a viable accusation of racism you know a lot of these media outlets are going to jump all over it the most dishonest one i saw and there are a lot of examples but the most dishonest coverage or at least tweet i saw from a major outlet was this hill tweet desantis florida voters shouldn't monkey this up by voting for black candidate nope not what he said at all that is not what he said that is not even close to what he said no uh so to stretch it that dishonestly i think is quite concerning uh i think the 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 strongest honest criticism you could make against desantis would be you should be more careful with your words and more sensitive about or like as they could be interpreted to apply to race or something but But the fact that this didn't occur to him i think that's more evidence that he just doesn't connect that term to race i think there's a viable argument there too i mean to be honest for all these people who just see the word monkey and connect it immediately to African-American race. Like, who's the uh, real racist here? Yeah. That that's, sounds quite racist to me. Like, can you not say the word monkey mm-hmm. anymore in any context? Uh, not like in if, relation to a black person. But he sure. wasn't calling him a monkey. 
Yeah, I mean, the side by side screen did not help his case. That's that, and that was that was on that is as as Fox displayed it. But DeSantis himself, I don't think Obviously, would have had he couldn't see any it, way no. of knowing that. Yeah, I don't think he could see it. No, no, but it didn't help. Still, the vision, now, the optics are bad. Let's get to your concern or criticism because a lot of the reaction has criticized this phrase monkey up as it's as uh, as not even being a real phrase basically that that's sort of what you were mentioning earlier i mean i thought maybe he meant like muck muck it up or um monkey and monkey around and he had kind of like conflated those two terms but apparently it's a real thing so well so says tim pool if you're really if you really care if this is like the factor that that tips this case either way for you for me it's not because i just don't see the evidence that he had racist intent here but if for you whether it's a real phrase or not matters because apparently a lot of people have been arguing with tim pool about this so tim did the hard work of actually looking up the phrase monkey up in the hackers dictionary so computer pro uh, dictionary of computer programmer slang from the 90s and in fact this is a real entry in the in the um the hackers what i forget what it's called the hackers dictionary or whatever it's called anyway this book from uh from mit in the 90s and it's a real phrase that's in there so here's what tim has to say so right here i have this book called the new hackers dictionary we can see here that it's from mit and let me open it up right here we can see that this is Second printing was 1997, and the reason why I'm showing you this is because when I pull it open to page 309, we can see monkey up to hack together hardware for a particular task, especially a one-shot job, connotes an extremely crufty and consciously temporary solution. Compare, hack up, clutch up, and cruft huh. together. The point is, I grew up in the hacker community, and to me, monkey something to monkey something up was common. I guess to a lot of people it wasn't, but here you go. Monkey up is common enough to be included in a book from the MIT Massachusetts Institute of Technology Press in the 90s. Hmm. Fine, I'm sold. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, I mean maybe that's that's kind of a computer programmer specific thing, but you know, to But to it his... also says to um like to put a solution together, it's a, a hack job, like a hack. Right. A hack and job. that general theme is exactly is what exactly the scientist was, was yeah. talking about. So, you know, I I'm comfortable with even the explanation you said, which was, I think he just kind of muddled together two odd phrases and came up with one that sounds odd, but... I don't know. I bet he says it all the time. Maybe he does. And of course, the internet was all all kinds of examples of other politicians saying monkey around, monkey this, monkey that began circulating, including a lot of Democrats. And because it was made with like general reference tangentially to a black candidate, even though he's talking about a socialist agenda that would, I guess, be tied to that candidate, not the candidate himself. Do we know if DeSantis has like a nerd background? I do not. I don't actually know what his background is. That wouldn't change anything for me. I don't care about this at all. Hmm. So DeSantis uh, went uh, on Sean Hannity's show and and defended himself. Got a brief clip of that, of just him saying, look, this has nothing to do with race. Uh, I believe, we'll, we'll let him speak for himself, but he denies wholeheartedly that this has anything to do with with racism. 
It has zero to do with race, Sean. It has everything to do with whether we want Florida to continue to go in a good direction, building off the success, or do we want to turn to left-wing socialist policies, which will absolutely devastate our state. And here's the thing. I believe people should be judged based on their ability and character, regardless of race. Okay. Gillum himself went on a lot of different outlets, including... Chris Cuomo's show. And I, of course, I'm going to pick the Chris Cuomo clip because I wanted to hear not only what he had to say, but what Cuomo had to say. And Gillum is actually taking this very delicately because he refuses to call DeSantis a racist. I think he sees how that might be mm, politically not advantageous, but he's still kind of courting this, uh, like tone down your rhetoric. Don't, don't be a racist type themes. He's, 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 he's walking the tightrope is what I'm trying to say here because he kind of wants to stoke those like racism, identity politics um, feelings among voters, but mm-hmm. he doesn't want the burden or the backlash of actually calling him a racist. And he makes several points on Cuomo's show that I actually want to respond to because I think these are mm, I, just wrong, just flat out wrong and, and silly points to make. So let's, let's hear what he has to say. Monkey this up. What does that mean to you? Well, I'll try to be articulate, Chris, and simply say that that kind of um, uh, vitriol uh, and he's apparently given up the the whistle. Uh, They've gone to the bullhorn um, with these kinds of tactics, but they're not going to work. Um, We tried this uh, one time. Donald Trump, uh, this is a page from his playbook, basically tried to divide this country uh, and my state. And uh, I want them to know that Florida voters are smarter than that. Come on. There was no subtlety there. What are you talking about? He calls it a bullhorn. But he is, he himself, what I'm saying is he has been on record saying, I have not called DeSantis a racist. That's bullshit. That's That's exactly what he just did. He said it's a Trump tactic. It was vitriolic. And this was not a dog whistle. It was a bullhorn. That's what I'm saying by like, he's trying to have it both ways. Cause he'll, he's, he'll tell all these other outlets. Well, I've not called him a racist. I haven't done that. But it's like, yeah, I mean, come on. What, what, what is the conclusion of what you're saying here? And to his points, you notice how he takes that shot at DeSantis for calling him articulate? He goes, well, I'll try to be articulate here. It's like, the guy complimented you, jackass. He didn't say articulate for a black guy. (laughs) He said articulate. Can I not compliment you Uh, because you're a black guy? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, It's infuriating. It's like there's this list of things you can never do if you're running against a black candidate. List of words you can never use. List right. of, you can't compliment them apparently because that's racist. Because what are you saying? You didn't expect me to be. You didn't expect me to have these good traits because of my race. That's the kind of attitude he's fueling there. And then to this to this point, he says, "We tried this already. Um, Trump tried to divide my state, and it won't work. Something to that effect, or it didn't work. Yeah, but even if I grant that's what Trump's did, or t- that's what Trump did. It did work." Trump won Florida. Yeah, what do you mean? So what do you mean it doesn't work? What he's saying is the Trump playbook is successful, which it is, and also includes no racism at all. No, it's the whistles and the, 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 or the bullhorns, I guess. It's, I mean, I'm, excuse me for believing that a bullhorn is like, Andrew Gillum is an N-word. That's, yeah. that's a bullhorn. <laughs> it's not like... The use of certain words that are banned that might tangentially refer to something. It's no bullhorns don't require decoding. Bullhorns right. are very overt. 
Well, this is why Trump is so great, because he's not particularly worried about the light he's going to be cast in the media. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Can you imagine running for anything in this day and age? It would be a nightmare. Among the many reasons I would never want to hold public office. Dealing with this kind of crap. Yeah. And it's another, we we got several examples tonight, but this is what it seems to me the modern Democratic Party does. Any opportunity they, they can have to put their identity as a shield to their ideas, which a lot of the public doesn't necessarily like. Mm-hmm. First off, most of the time they don't have any ideas, and then the ideas they do have are pie-in-the-sky nonsense yeah. that are, aren't realistic and a lot of the time involve violating your rights in the process. They just put up their identity and pretend to be victims of identity-based attacks, even when it's such a stretch to say that's what's going on. It's not yeah. just Andrew Gillum. It's going on all over, and we'll see more of it later tonight. Uh, yeah, I mean, if they had a real case for their platform, then they would just be attacking the ideas. This is all like tangentially destroying somebody because of a misuse of a term they didn't mean in a racial. We've, we've seen this so many times before. I'm so yeah. tired of this playbook. What talk about be, a playbook? They do this every time. I would be very surprised if this has any meaningful effect in the Florida governor's race. Uh, and I think even the fact that Gillum is the nominee speaks to how divided or how partisan a lot of these things right. are. Remember, he's he's kind of fringe in his own party. Like we, we keep picking these kind of polarized candidates and I'm not, I'm not saying that DeSantis is far right. I don't actually know what his platform is, but I do know that the Democrats appear to be becoming increasingly entrenched. They're not looking to court that middle of the road voter. I always right. use my, my parents problem. as kind of a, like a, uh, a, a proxy for like, you know, middle America voters, pe- voters who are persuadable to reasonable people. They keep choosing candidates I would have a hard time seeing like my mom and dad voting for yeah, because exactly. they're just too extreme. And the kind of person that's offended by something like this, uh, DeSantis would never appeal to them anyway. So yeah, I fail to see why this is a problem at all. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I'm ready to move on to Tiger if you are, but oh, maybe we God. should take a break first. We got a real racial theme going on. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's racism everywhere all the time. Well, I had heard all about this Tiger Woods thing and I was like, man, he must've been really evasive. Then I watched it today. I was like, this is the most neutral shit. Isn't it unbelievable? I'm he, hungry. He, I'm, I don't want to, I'm hungry. It's the most non-controversial controversy of all I time. And that's why ESPN's getting hate for this. Yeah. Um, we should take a little break. Uh, okay. John McGee can't watch tonight up in the mountains this Labor Day weekend with the whole family. Good. Sounds awesome. Uh, don't Enjoy. monkey this up with technical difficulties. I plan <laughs> listening on this on the drive home tomorrow. Nothing yet. We'll see. Thank uh, you. Neo Enjoy your drive says, and your trip. Oy vey, look at these half fashy goy taking my shekels. Oy vey. <laughs> you know, you guys are going to get us in trouble one of these days. Probably. In if we're not in trouble already. Or, we are. We're demonetized. We're already off the air. Um, happy Labor Day from Japan uh, and the chair force. I know a thousand yen is shortchanging you. Question, how does In-N-Out boycott differ methodically from our personal Starcucks, et cetera? Boycotts. I'll actually, I should speak to that a little bit yeah. because I do think there are some important differences. Um, real quick, the one thing I'll say, I, I don't begrudge anybody who doesn't want to support a business based on whether they agree with that business right. or not. I do it all the time. Difference is, it's very annoying to virtue signal about that and like advertise your morality out there about it. The other difference that, that uh, is going to happen is a practical outcome is because I do, I do believe that when um, conservatives, libertarians, that type of person actually makes a moral or political decision to boycott a business, generally they follow through. Like mm-hmm. there are definitely businesses on my list 
that I don't want to support because of their ideological stances, like Starbucks, like Burger King and their stupid chick fry thing. Mm-hmm. Difference one, I actually don't go there anymore. Yeah. And difference two, I don't care if you go there. Like, that's your decision to make. I'm not going to make some big show out of my decision to do that. I don't think it's some, I don't think I'm like some moral hero or virtuous hero that I have to advertise about just for not going there. So would I, would I begrudge anybody just for not supporting in and out because they have apparently conservative politics? No, it just doesn't make you a hero. And what Starbucks did was so much worse and not really comparable. And yeah, I do think there are differences too in the stance, like, in and out has not made a public advertisement saying vote Republican and then right. eat in and out hamburgers. They've taken their money privately and given it to political, a political party within the confines of the law. I wouldn't stop going to Starbucks if they had done that with Democrats. I don't care about that. No, I, I don't care necessarily about political donations unless they're like outside the scope of the law or corrupt or something mm-hmm. like that. The, so I do think they're different too. These other businesses have, put it in your face as part of their like corporate image that this is who we are and that's what we're about. And I choose to abstain from that. So good Uh, question though. I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up. Thank you. This is Vox Ozzy on vacation. So I'm able to catch this, catch this week show live, uh, which also means I can hear blonde say, Matt, you have the big gay live. (laughs) Okay. I I don't even know what that means. Neither. Maybe I did say it. Thank you. You've got the big gay, Matt. All right. Benjamin Abrams, Matt and I once made love at Aretha Franklin's funeral. Let's just say that Matt wasn't interested in Ariana Grande's ass. <laughs> Blonde said that it was the epitome, which I know is epitome. I know. Of inappropriate lovemaking worth it. Did you see Bill Clinton like yeah. uh, about Ariana Grande? Who was wearing no. such an inappropriate outfit. I didn't even want to cover these funerals. I did have some questions on Twitter. Are you going to, are you going to cover the McCain funeral? Are you going to cover the Aretha no. Franklin funeral? I saw that they were just politicized to death, and I'm just... I just I'm so over it, like Meghan McCain and her giant titties weaving all over. Even oh. though I'm going to talk about politicization with Tiger Woods, there's no escaping it, but I, can't. I don't know. This is such just... a big spectacle. Like, McCain is even annoying in his death. Although, <laughs> if I die, you know, pour jewels in my coffin, and I want thousands of people weeping... And if there's any way to politicize it, do politicize Please it. Please do. If, yeah. if blonde dies, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Um, what was and Aretha Franklin? I, I don't know. She was really talented. I don't know what to say about that. I'm surprised that that turned political. I guess. Like, why was why would that necessarily have to be politicized? What One was, was at least a political funeral. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, this is Bob Smith. Blonde. I love your recent video on art. It was so in-depth and thoughtful. I had to watch it twice. Thank you. All content creators on YouTube should aspire to be like you. Wow. wow. Also, you look lovely tonight. Please teach Jeez. Matt how to dress. Well, geez, I got to get a pink black pigeon speak shirt. Apparently. <laughs> Jeez. Thank you so much. That, Very kind. I worked really hard on that video and the reception has been mixed. <laughs> Hmm. I haven't been able to watch it yet because I've been busy all weekend, but I'll check it out maybe later tonight. I don't know. People get so defensive about modern art. I have a lot of people in the comments that are like, bitch, you just aren't educated enough to understand that modern art means that we've evolved beyond classicism. I'm like, all right, go back to Berkeley. Hmm. Fucking fact. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Shooter down under. Hey, Blonde, have you heard of Deanna Lorraine? She's been trying to get in touch with you and is keen on doing an interview with you. Yes, I've been meaning to get back to her. Um, 
what's her channel? Love and Relationships or something like that. Hmm. She's got a pretty big channel. I thank you for that. Uh, Alessandro Cortar, visiting Seattle, spoke to my grandmother about homelessness. If a homeless person camps out near your property, you have to give them 30 days before you can kick them off. <sighs> I just rack a shotgun. I didn't know that you could even kick them out. Wow. Yeah, I guess that's uh, yeah, that's new information. There's a bum given the Seattle right outside quo. of um, the Space Needle, and they have like a desk for working. Wow. What? I mean, they don't work, but like I was going like, to say, we've reached bizarre levels in the like homeless encampment. Then tents all together, and they have like chairs and like a place where they lounge. It's like a little. Is that where you write your screenplays that Hollywood's going to buy one of these days for sure? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, Alan Poe. Oh, this is really gross. Should I read it? It's really gross. I mean, I defer to your judgment. It's terrible. And about your asshole. <laughs> I defer to your judgment. If you All think right, it's fine. Alan Poe, 17, you're disgusting. Matt and I made love, but never again. He just keeps leaving me with a white face and a gaping asshole and never calls me back. How can someone have Whoa. so much hate in their heart? You know, our parents watch this, or at least your parents do. Okay, I'm sorry. Fucking, what's next? <laughs> Mr. And Mrs. Moving Pat. on. Thank you. Says, "Good evening, bitches. I'm in Virginia, and all I can say is they have some fiery women out here." Matt, have you ever shot a rifle chambered in 5.6 Creedmoor? Is that no? I have not. I have not. Uh, I'm not even familiar with the round, actually. So I'd have to take a look at it. Um, I can look it up right now. You two keep things classy. Thank you. We're not the classiest people on the YouTube. On the YouTube. That's that's the Maxine Waters pronunciation. I know. On the YouTube and the Brett Bar, <laughs> they try to kill me. Yeah. Uh, Larry Mihalik, Mihalik, thank you for creating uh, sanity a couple hours every week. Keep it going. Thank you, Larry. Let's just do a few more. Zach, um, G2G nap for work, but Tiger Woods' response to political questions is what I want to hear when someone isn't supposed to be political. If yes. I want politics, uh, I've got to go. I haven't seen that in a long time. G to G. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you... Normally it's GTG when I. Uh, yeah. I don't know. The old instant messenger days. Um, if I want politics, I'll watch the news. This is why ESPN sucks balls. Yeah. He's he's apolitical and he's trying to. We'll, we'll talk about this. Yeah. And it, it'd be a good time to transition if, you, if you're yeah, ready. Yeah, let's or, do it. Okay. I, I, it is so annoying to just see somebody who has nothing to do with politics, in this case, sports, but it could be entertainment, it could be anything else. Yeah at a press conference about their work or their product. And it's just a bunch of dumbass reporters going, don't you hate Trump? And then they go, Is it he's so mm, eh. I'm not really here for that. No, but like really though, don't you hate Trump though? And, then, and it's not just one of them. It's several of them. And then not only does the guy, you'd think the guy said, actually, I love Trump and actually specifically love how racist he is. You would yeah. think that they said that based on the reaction to it. But these days just simply, choosing not to indulge them choosing to basically sidestep the question is itself a recipe to get yourself the ire of these journalists of the world and what's even more upsetting is it's not just the hill journalists and the huffington post journalists and the vox journalists and the political journalists of the world it's freaking espn man it's the sports journalists who are now these social and progressive policy advocates and and haters of the president and Anyway, it's, I'm just glad to see that everyone is, everyone has the same reaction to ESPN over this that I do. Which yeah, is just it's outrageous. Like, shut the hell up. Shut up. Do your and job. And talk about sports. Yeah. Do your job. Yeah. So, 
Tiger Woods. I'm not a great golf mind. I don't watch golf, and I'm a terrible golfer. I've golfed like two times in my life. If I can hit the ball, that's an accomplishment. Have you ever golfed? Uh, no, I sure haven't. Okay. Maybe we should try it sometime. We could see who can even hit the ball. That would be, I don't know. That would be an entertaining thing to do. Anyway, Tiger Woods, professional golfer. He's golfing in this Northern Trust golf tournament last Sunday. And he has this post-tournament press conference. And as I said, he was asked repeatedly about his relationship with the president. And implicitly, if he'd condemn or disavow Trump. And he didn't oblige. He, he said it's appropriate to respect the office. He was clearly reluctant to get political. He also said, uh, and I love that part, he says he, he doesn't, uh, he was asked about race relations. And he basically says, I don't care to comment. Uh, I just golfed 72 hours or 72 holes and I'm really hungry. Like, leave me alone. I'm just hungry. I want some food. I, want, I don't want to talk politics. Yeah. Okay. So here is what, Tr- uh, or what Tiger Woods actually uh, said. Again, this is last Sunday. Well, I've known Donald for a number of years. You know, we've, we've played the golf together, uh, and, you know, we've had, had dinner together. And so, yeah, that's, uh, I've known him, you know, pre-presidency and obviously during his uh, presidency. At times, especially 2018, I think a lot of people, especially people of color, immigrants, feel threatened by him, by his policies. Um, he's thrown himself into sports debates in terms of race with LeBron James, with the anthem. Um, what do you say to people who might find it interesting that you have, I guess, a friendly relationship with him? Well, he's our—he's the president of the United States, and you have to respect the, the, the office. And no matter who's in the office, uh, you may like, dislike um, personality or the, the politics, uh, but we all must respect the office. Do you have anything more broadly to say about the state, I guess, the discourse of race relations? Um, no, I just finished 72 holes and I'm really hungry. Yeah, good for him. Yeah. That's so neutral. He barely said anything. Yeah, and you can tell he's thinking in his mind, like, why am I being asked this? Right, I'm right. just a golf guy. Yeah. I golf. Why don't you ask me about my about golfing? Golf comeback. He had that I, look in his eyes like Mike Myers after Kanye West said that George Bush doesn't care about black people. There was a <laughs> moment where he was like, fuck, what am I going to do about this? Yeah. So... There's this show on ESPN called First Take. I don't watch it because, like I said, I, I care about the sports highlights. I like to see highlights of the teams. I like to watch what happened in the game. Not necessarily these talking heads about sports, but if I am going to tune into sports talking heads, I at least like it when they talk about sports, a.k.a. the reason I'm tuning in. Instead, they make this totally political. This is Max Kellerman and Stephen A. Smith on, um, on First Take, and they basically go back and forth equally irate about what what tiger had to say um ripping him for being slick quote slick they use this word and um and basically not having the balls to uh to take a stance either way uh, they're accusing him of basically dodging the question which he is but there's good reason for that this is this is uh the exchange between these two guys and their their other co-host I want to say something about what Tiger Woods said. Okay, now. go ahead. It really bothers me. I, I don't. I am angry at what Tiger Woods said mm-hmm. because it is it is a thoughtless statement dressed up as a thoughtful statement, and it either holds in contempt the intelligence of the people who hear it, mm-hmm. or else it's just a stupid thing to say. To say that the office, you must have respect for the office. Tiger, be clear. 
Are you saying that the office therefore confers respect onto its occupant, its present temporary occupant? But having respect for the office means principally, in my view, is the office holder should have respect for the office. It is not yeah. such that we have such great respect for the office that no matter what the behavior of its occupant, we must therefore respect its occupant because of the office. Tiger Woods is being, is, you said being slick. Here he is being slick. We must respect the office, therefore that confers respect to the occupant. Tiger, is that what you're saying? If that's what you're saying, that is a stupid comment. And then Stephen A is going to chime in and say basically, well, we don't know what Tiger thinks because, after all, remember, he's not really black. He's Camblin Asian. This, you're Cablin telling me Asia? this was on ESPN? Correct. Yeah, ESPN, the network you tune in to watch sports and discussion about sports. <sighs> so triggered. Yeah. And so and then and then Stephen A. Smith is going to rip him on his race, basically. Now, Cablin Asian is this term that tiger woods himself invented to describe his own race of like caucasian black asian and indian like american indian so stephen a's referencing that but it's hard for me to understand what he means here i think what he's saying is tiger woods doesn't get it because he's not black and he doesn't even count as black but he presents himself as black sometimes correct me tell me if you think my interpretation is off or if he's saying something else but that's my interpretation of this I don't, be, but I, I don't even know if he believes that that's what he's well, saying. First of all, we don't know what Tiger Woods believes. He's Cambodian. He's not black. When he got arrested, he was black. He was listed as black on the report. So let's understand that Tiger Woods, that's the issue that the African-American community has always had because obviously from an historical perspective, you know, if one third of you has a darker hue, a darker pigmentation, you know, the bottom line is you are black and it is that simple. And you, you get it, and even one third, I'm just throwing one that eighth. out there. What's one eighth. One eighth, exactly. We have several avenues to bring the ire of our nation upon this man because of how we see him conduct himself. But in the process of doing so, we have an obligation to be responsible with uh. our rhetoric and, and beyond. No, he has a greater responsibility. No, yeah, no he's one, failing no one's that No one's questioning but, but see, this respect to the person, no one doesn't. Here. He's trying not to upset anyone. The people right. that respect the president don't, and that's why he was strategic in what, using what, what, the word what, what, the office. He's it, just turned his image around. He, he plays golf. You're right, you're, I know what he's trying to do we have an obligation to rip the president. No, you don't. I mean, no, yeah. you don't. Somebody in the live chat just said he looks like discount ludicrous. This which is totally <laughs> like Ludacris's dad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know why a chick is there, but that chick is right. Yeah, exactly. And she she chimes in, I think, in the whole segment, basically only at the end. And she, yeah, she said, he's just trying not to be political. He's trying to avoid controversy. That's exactly right. And it's not because he's shirking some obligation or because he's a coward. It's actually because he's not a damn idiot. Yeah. He knows people want to see him hit the ball. And he knows that people want to hear him talk about hitting the ball. And I'm sick of acting not like every politics. person in the public eye has some sort of greater obligation to talk about things of which they know nothing. Yeah. You know who has an actual obligation to be honest about politics? politicians pretty much end of list and the media yeah and it's consider tiger woods spot too because he's not a lebron james or some of these other athletes who are kind of on top of the entire league or on top of the entire sport and have solidified legacies although tiger woods has been very successful in the past obviously but you got to remember he's had all these self-imposed personal disasters from which he's trying to make a comeback he wants to become a, a highly competitive golfer again, which he hasn't been for some time. And 
he wants to repair his public image. Right. Why would he piss off at least half of his audience right away by saying some anti-Trump bullshit? Yeah, but I appreciate that he didn't throw Trump out of the bus to get back in the good graces of the media, which would yeah. be tempting for somebody in that situation. He played you it exactly right. MSNBC, CNN, everybody just licking his butthole if he said one bad thing about Trump. And he yeah. did. He was totally neutral. He answered those questions really well. And he didn't. That was just straight up race baiting. Yeah. ESPN, Max Kellerman, uh, uh, Stephen A. Smith, they would be much wiser to actually adopt Tiger Woods' right. strategy instead of rip him for it. And this that is was not like watching say- CNN. Yes. Yeah. And this is not to say that sports journalists, athletes, anyone in the sports world can't have political opinions. Of course they can. No, they and of shut course- their mouths. They need to tailor swift this and just keep their mouths shut about all of this. Right. It's not that they don't have the right to these things. It's that they need to understand why people tune in and consume their media or whatever else. I'm, I'm turning on ESPN because I don't want politics, actually. Right. I want an escape from politics. Yeah. It's it's just like we could talk sports on this show if we wanted. Like, And I don't mean sports like this where it crosses over with culture and politics. I mean, like, let's say tomorrow we announced, nope, this is a, this is a football-only show now. We're going to break down all the stats from every week of football games. You think our audience yeah. would maintain maybe a segment, uh, a no, small segment? But that's not why people tune into this show. So you're kind of an idiot if you shove that down their throats. Yeah, definitely. Also, they have no expertise. Hmm. They have the same opinion that everybody else in the media has. What do they want? Are are they just pandering to people? Did they learn nothing with the NFL? And I think they're so insulated, they don't actually see how damaging this is to their own product. They're in such an echo chamber, they think this will go over well and that everybody agrees with them. It's such foolishness. God, it's just, it just angers me how the left has permeated all of our entertainment sources. There's no escape from this leftism. Yeah, it really bugs me in sports in particular. And it's not that it doesn't in entertainment and movies and elsewhere, but at least, and maybe it's a more male perspective, but you can always count on sports, or at least you could, as like reliable water cooler banter. Like, I don't know coworker guys, politics or religion, but I don't have to. I can be like, oh, you see the Monday night football game. Da, right. da, 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 da. Oh, isn't this quarterback good? Or isn't this quarterback suck yeah. or whatever else? And you can have a friendly conversation with a person That's in true. a way you know and isn't going to get controversial. I think that all sports are gay. That being said, especially football, it binds communities together yes. and gives completely disparate people something to agree on and something to talk about, unless it's politicized, which all of it is now. Yeah. And you know what else is fun about sports too? Is it's still a socially acceptable way to like, how am I going to phrase this? A socially acceptable way to hate. Like you can hate coworker guy because he's a Cowboys fan. Yeah. And that's fine. And you can kind of like Cowboys or something. Or I'm just saying there's all kinds of sports rivalries. So you can have like some sort of aggression with people or even banter in a way that is totally socially acceptable to do without risking like being labeled a hateful person and a judgmental person and all this stuff. It's without always fun. that people are just going to go back to good old fashioned racism. Don't you? Yeah. They're going <laughs> to defer to the old fashioned forms of hatred that weren't <laughs> acceptable. I mean, we're kind of exaggerating slightly, but I do think there's some truth to that. You you have to be able to have like some friendly jabs at, you know, water cooler guy or whoever else, people in your social circle, people in your everyday that aren't going to be controversial. That's part of healthy social interaction. Well, more importantly, the the right needs to be better represented in entertainment. We need some entertainment. Hmm. I've actually gone back to reading books. Hmm. Wow. What a sad state of affairs. (laughs) My God. Uh, real quick point before we move on. 
Um, I mentioned that the audience agrees. The metric of that, this particular video on ESPN's YouTube channel, 8.3K, 8.3,000 down votes, 1.1,000 up. So Very it's 80, 88% down votes. And you see, you'll see a lot of people, I saw Mark Dice and others, like, you know, there's a lot of um, large YouTubers commenting all over it and ripping this thing. So Good, that's good. Hopefully they they take the criticism and say, mm, yeah, let's just talk about did Tiger play well in the tournament or didn't he? Yeah. Which I don't care either way because golf is boring to me. But I I wouldn't be mad if I turned on ESPN and there was golf analysis going on. I'd go, uh, guess I'll wait for football to come on. But I'm not going to be pissed off at them. You know what I mean? Uh, I see we have some school shootings to talk about. This show has just been nonstop thrill ride let me tell you yes all the uplifting topics so i I mentioned i wanted to circle back to this jacksonville shooting at this madden tournament because we didn't have a lot of information last sunday started like i mean it just happened right yeah it happened like a couple hours before uh before we went live so there's now some more information on not only who did it but uh but the the weapons he used how he got the weapons all that stuff and potentially maybe even some holes in the law that some people might argue. But just so we're clear on the facts here, and again, I want to consider these facts with reference to MSNBC's coverage, which is just egregious. Oh, I cannot yeah. believe how much they jumped the gun. More on that in a moment. So we know the shooter is this 24-year-old competitor in the tournament. His name is David Katz. He's from Maryland. He used a handgun in the shooting. Again, uh, recall it was, I think, two dead, and he shot himself, and then something like 11 injured. Yeah. And he used this handgun he had legally purchased a few weeks earlier in Baltimore. Interesting notes about his history. He was twice hospitalized in Maryland psychiatric facilities in his teens and prescribed antipsychotic drugs and antidepressants. Now, under Maryland law, those who are involuntarily committed for any period of time to a psych ward or voluntarily committed for 30 consecutive days cannot buy guns. But... Because the shooter's stays were less than two weeks and he was not involuntarily committed, so I guess he committed himself or he was voluntarily committed. Uh, and, the, and the process of involuntary of being involuntarily committed to a, to a psychiatric hospital requires a sign-off from an administrative court judge in most cases. That didn't happen in this case. Because of all that, he was not banned in Maryland from buying a gun. Additionally... Police were uh, reportedly called to his home, as the Daily Mail is reporting here, 26 times between 2003 and 2009. The shooter himself was never arrested or charged. I'm skeptical of their report here, though, because you got to remember this kid was currently 24 years old. Right. So these calls between 2003 and 2009, the earliest would have happened when he was nine. And even yeah, the latest that's what ones... was happening with the Parkland shooter. This is this bears a lot of resemblance to that case. I'm not saying I'm not saying no relevance. I'm saying I'd like some more information on that because even the oldest ones were when he was 15. I don't know. You know. I think that that's pertinent. Well, he was, but he he himself. I do think it's pertinent too. He himself was never arrested or charged. So which what? I, Neither was the Parkland shooter. Well, I'm not saying it's it's worthless information. What I am saying is you got to be wary of a precedent that says if the police visit your home, you're banned from buying a gun. Yeah, but repeatedly and with multiple trips to a psychiatric facility voluntarily or involuntarily, this has the makings of somebody that should have been barred from legal gun ownership. Well, I guess, but how are you going to write a law that would catch this? That that would be my question. 30 consecutive days. That's a long time in a No, no, that's the law that currently exists. Right. 
Right. That's yeah. a long time. I mean, yeah. could we bring that down to a week? Mm, I mean, wouldn't that have captured the part shooter too? I'm not sure. I don't oh, know what so Maryland law says. Would you, I, and I don't know that I don't know that I'd be in favor of someone who is voluntarily committed to a psych ward for a week being banned from buying a gun for life. Perhaps I mean, maybe I don't really think that any of this matters. I think that this is a systemic problem that comes from fatherlessness, which is something that happened with the Parkland shooter. And then yeah. this kid, I was reading about him. Uh, I think we've linked the Daily Mail article below, but it says in a letter to the judge in his parents' divorce when he was 16, Katz expressed hatred for his mother and begged to live with his father. He mm -hmm. said, I hate her more than anything in the world. I hate everything about her. She and this he's this he wrote this to the judge. She's yeah. hit me before, always takes my stuff. I never have enough food at my mom's, but I have plenty to eat at my dad's. This mm. is a kid, a, a weird incel kid who has mommy issues and was being raised by what's a seemingly abusive mother and has an absentee father. And I think she might have gotten custody. Mm. Like the, the fatherlessness has more of an impact than any of the other shit. Yeah. Uh, and the point I'm really trying to get at in this case, and I, I do grant that. To the extent there are psychological issues involved, the, the, the other thing we haven't even talked about is the prescription medication he was apparently on. I'm I'm saying there's rational debate to be had. Uh, and what I would like from media outlets is an honest assessment of all the facts that are available to help inform those types of debates. And that's not, <laughs> oftentimes that's not what we get. And it's really frustrating um, in this case because MSNBC, for example, jumps all over this. So before the information's even in yeah. on Monday morning, MSNBC host Ali Velshi uh, reported on the inadequacies of Florida gun laws. Because, of course, remember, the, the shooting happened in Florida. Mm -hmm. Remember, as we just went over, Shooter legally acquired his weapon in Maryland, which also happens to be a much more restrictive state in terms right. of firearm purchase than Florida or many other states, but they're still going to go over the inadequacies of Florida gun laws. Um, and then later MSNBC is going to report, Oh, we just learned that he legally acquired the weapon in, uh, in Maryland. This is, this is the, just the absolute hack job. A lot of these, they're not even media outlets. They're advocacy outlets. They jump to gun control yeah, first yeah, facts are. later. So listen to this, listen to this segment. As we wait to learn more about the gunman who opened fire at a video game tournament in Jacksonville, Florida, and where he got his gun, it's worth taking another Sunday, look right? at gun laws in Florida. Uh, Florida this aired on, so the shooting was Sunday. This aired Monday. Oh, okay. Yeah, before the information was out. does not require a permit to buy rifles or handguns. It doesn't require firearms to be registered, and it does not require gun owners to be licensed. Florida does not require a permit to carry a rifle. It does require a permit to carry a handgun. There are very few restrictions on gun owners other than that requirement to uh, carry a, a permit if you're a handgun owner. There's also a so-called red flag law that allows police to take guns from those deemed dangerous by their friends and family uh, for up to a year. And if a gun is purchased in Florida, there's a three-day waiting period, but this doesn't apply if you trade in your old gun for a new gun. Here's something interesting. Only the state government in Florida is allowed to enact gun legislation. Local governments are absolutely not allowed to make their own laws on firearms. The sheriff's office just wrapped up a news conference just a short time ago. They said the guns they found with cats were purchased legally in Maryland. Purchased legally in Maryland. Oh, so never mind our entire prior segment. It's worthless information. And to, to the cherry on top of this is not only is it irrelevant information to the 
to the facts in this case. It's not even entirely correct. Uh, what they said about conceal or what Flo- about Florida's carry laws. So there is a concealed weapons permit. Uh, if you want a concealed carry in Florida, you need to get a concealed weapons permit. Right. Um, but they said that there's no permit required to carry rifles. Now, one, you're not going to concealed carry a rifle anyway, but but even open carrying of rifles, they say there's no permit for that. That the, the spirit of that is not true. So open carry is generally banned in Florida. The only time you can carry around a rifle, plainly visible, open, uh, is if you're doing a lawful activity like hunting or camping or target shooting. If I were to just walk around Florida carrying a gun for no other purpose than having a gun on right. me, that's generally illegal. Uh-huh. So the impression that they're giving is also inaccurate. In addition to irrelevant, it's not It's not right. Now, uh, <laughs> so but the, the other problem here is how would any of the things they're proposing have, how would any of those things it. have stopped this shooter right. in this case? Um, remember, he got the gun in Maryland where he got it legally. This happened. Remember, it, where this happened, guns are banned outright. You're not allowed to have guns in the Jacksonville Landing. It's a gun-free zone. Banning, even if even if the law had been banned guns outright, it's not clear that that's what, that would have stopped this. Now, as far as Maryland law, Maryland law does have the things that Florida that they talked about are missing in Florida. So yes, state permit is required to buy a handgun. And since Katz had his gun legally in Baltimore, presumably he had this permit. I'm not sure, but that's, I'm inferring that based on the reporting that he did this legally. So he must've done that. Yes, there is firearm registration. Presumably Katz did this again, because there's no allegation that he had the gun illegally. Mm -hmm. And yes, a concealed weapons permit is required for carry. um, But Maryland is a may issue state. So they uh, don't even have to give you a concealed weapons permit in Maryland. You have to convince them that you have a, quote, good and substantial reason to carry a handgun. Reportedly, this is close to impossible to obtain. So not only are the, these stupid things that are advocating irrelevant, but they're actually true in Maryland where he got the gun mm-hmm. and they didn't stop the shooting. I, I, there are so many layers to how irresponsible this reporting is and how misleading it is. And they should have known by then, too. Was it just an error that they thought that he was the information not available yet? I think it was before the sheriff had come out and revealed all this information. Okay. That, that might have happened Monday or Tuesday, early in the week. Uh, but, you know, some some um, uh, some takeaways from from all of this Uh Accuracy in reporting is key. Like we're not going to have the debates we were talking about earlier about mental health. This is not helpful or in any way um, facilitating that type of debate we we were discussing. This would not give any information toward the relevant questions in this case, namely to what degree should police visits and mental health issues Mm -hmm. be considered in gun laws? We're we're not getting an answer to that question based on this reporting. Um, also, please stop overlooking the fact that this was a place where guns are banned outright and it did not stop it. So yeah. to me, that makes it not at all clear that additional hurdles for good law abiding citizens uh, who want to defend themselves would stop this. Uh, it look, it, to the point that this looks more like a security and defense uh, issue rather than a gun law failure issue. Again, maybe there's some things to talk about with mental health, but there's no doubt that security and and uh, not allowing good guys with guns to be around had something to play with. Uh, it had something to do with how this case played out. Now it's being reported that um, some of the victims in this case, or at least one victim expected to be joined by additional victims, is suing EA, the host, and the tournament venue for, quote, failure to provide safe, a safe and secure environment. Hmm. 
So that's a lawsuit that's going to be in development. And I mean, it seems to me if you're going to have a gun free zone, that's going to have a massive conference or tournament or event. Yeah. You better have some damn good security guards with guns. Yeah. Cause oh. if, if a bad person with a gun comes in there, you're going to have a real bad situation real quick. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened. Yep. Now, so I'm not saying that like law abiding citizen with a concealed pistol for sure stops this case. But it might. I, th- I think it's probably, and I think it's probably better chance than additional hurdles for those people who might stop this case to get a gun in Florida. Mm-hmm. All these, all these hoops to jump through. I don't think necessarily make this case any safer. Yep. Whatever. Anyway, point is media botched it, or at least MSNBC botched it. And we can have a debate about the rest of the issues rationally when they actually help us out with factual information, wishful thinking based on that network and others. Meanwhile, do you have a chance to read through this NPR piece? Yeah, I did. It was really, really good. (laughs) Shocking, wasn't it? Uh, Yeah, it's good to see like real journalistic efforts these days, real efforts to scrutinize claims. So remember back after the Parkland shooting, we kept hearing 18 school shootings in only two months in 2018. You hear all these stats all the time that make school shootings sound like they're basically an everyday occurrence. And you think, wow, is that real, really true? Am I just not tuning into the news enough that I'm not seeing this? That sounds way more inflated than, uh, than my recollection suggests. Well, there's also U.S. Department of Education data available on school shootings. I was not aware of this data. I've not heard of it before, but apparently the U S department of education collects data on school shootings. And they had this for the 2015, 2016 school year. And they were reporting was the U S department of education, nearly 240 schools in that academic year reported at least one incident involving a school related shooting 240 for the year. That is, I mean, you're more likely on any given. Well, I guess that's even part of a year because it's just the school year. Mm-hmm. Basically, you're going to have a shooting every day. Yeah. In this country is what really? the finding suggests. NPR, in a shocking display of journalistic effort and integrity, as you mentioned, NPR decided to. I guess what's even more shocking here is this is a federally funded. This is this is a federally funded media outlet investigating the federal government or vetting the federal government's claims. That's kind of interesting too. I didn't think about that angle, but they NPR reporters at the NPR decided to reach out to every one of these schools. And they found that more than two thirds of the reported incidents never happened. NPR was only able to confirm 11 of the incidents. That's 5% in 161 cases, schools or district districts, attested that no incident took place or couldn't confirm one. In at least four cases, they found something did happen, but it didn't meet the government's parameters for a shooting. About a quarter of the schools didn't respond to their inquiries. Hmm. Your thoughts? I mean, I'm not surprised because we had dug into this a little bit um, earlier in the year, but the fact that two-thirds of them just didn't even happen, I mean, that's, that's remarkable to me. It's brazen misreporting. Yeah. And what's, what's interesting to me is I'm normally very skeptical of activist data. Of course, a lot of times they cite like every town USA and moms demand action and all these people that are gun control advocates. And of course I'm skeptical of their claims because they are activists. They are not objective Mm -hmm. data sources. 
Yeah. I can't emphasize enough how important this is. This is federal government yeah. data. Yeah. And it really, I mean, it makes me worried about things like the FBI crimes data set. You know, a lot of federal data sets that we use to examine and analyze a lot of social phenomenon in our country. I really hope that they're not as insanely inaccurate as this is. Now, yeah, it, does, it doesn't make you question those things, right? Yeah. I mean, you would like to think that government agencies assigned to compile and organize and report the type of data that we're all supposed to use to make policy recommendations and understand what's going on in our country. Generally, you'd like to think you can trust those agencies two thirds failure rate. I'm not expecting perfection, but two out of three chance yeah. that any given data point in your set is bullshit. Mm -hmm. It's worthless. Yeah. That's worthless information. Hmm. Now, the Department of Education is not the same as like Department of Justice and the FBI. It's, I don't know that one necessarily implicates the other, but it does mean that I bet if vetting efforts like the NPR just did were done on other federal data sources, oh boy, you might be really surprised at the type of data quality uh, that's lacking. Well, we should vet, we should vet their claims then. I mean, it, yeah. it, it just goes to show that they're unreliable, likely. And what's worrisome, I, I keep thinking about the crimes data set, for example, because basically what the FBI does is they just compile information from all the local police departments. Yeah. That's exactly what the Department of Education did here. They compiled information from local school districts. Now, the school districts say, nah, man, that wasn't us or we didn't. Did, like, did the federal government make information up? I doubt it. Or, I think it was the school districts. So, yeah, it's like that's the other question is, are the feds or are the local school districts to blame for the, these poor quality data? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know, but it's, it's, there are a lot of implications beyond just be, be skeptical of shooting school shooting data because that's always inflated. Yeah. Um, the, the reality is no matter what, if you want to be sure about any kind of data claim, you have to do the hard work of vetting the data and the analysis for yourself. And I understand that's why stuff like our show exists and people doing this on YouTube exists is because most people don't have the time <laughs> to do that to sort do of it, stuff. Right. Um, but and, and we do the best we can, and I enjoy doing it, of course. But, you know, if there's something that's important to you and you've got a data-based claim uh, that's part of your personal opinion on it, do, do, the, do the homework part. Yep. Just take a look at the data and just try to figure out what's going on with it. Because <laughs> I, I don't think, given, how, given the scale of the failure in this, I don't think I can 100% rely on federal government data quality. Of course not. Although in I do general, use FBI all, statistics. I know. And I, I, to be, I can't, it's not as though I can go through the, go through all the individual local police department reports to them and do the, do this type of analysis on the entire FBI crimes database. But man, does it make me yeah. worrisome yeah. about that sort of thing. Well, I guess we should do some super chats and then talk yeah. about this new Mexico compound. <sighs> yeah. God, man. Just what a series of topics tonight. I know. Uh, Boogeyman 917. ESPN has definitely monkeyed up their network. Agreed. <laughs> Redica says, uh, in and out definitely the most overrated burger. But then again, I live in the Valley of Milk and Beef. Brahms stands tall as the best burger. Hmm. I don't know. I don't bar. know that don't place. Know uh, notes behind the bar. Matt and I once made love in a burger joint. I went in and out and he asked if he could bring five guys. <laughs> I was wondering who was going to make that one. It seemed 
it seems seemed like there was an opportunity there in and out in five guys yeah um rainer chen hey we'll watch you tomorrow have a nice one thank you reddicus how much would uh bet that the chick has three kids i assume that you mean tire iron bitch uh the bt 1000 feels no pain no remorse will not stop uh Mark Waz Media, how much super chat to convince you to use the word like Owen Benjamin does? Being coerced into fearing sounds we make with our mouths is kind of weird. Agreed, but I will never, hmm. <laughs> never. Um, yeah. Ah, you mean just freely dropping the N word whenever you want? Um, yeah, it's not that I consider someone who does that immoral. I guess I'd have to consider the context. I, the context is always important. But yeah. yes, see the point you're making. Um, it's a cost benefit analysis. I don't see, <laughs> I see the cost as greatly outweighing the benefit, even though I don't think that that's good. Yeah. I, I would prefer the world didn't operate that way. Uh, Kevin G, great show as always. Blonde, you look pretty in pink. Matt, meh. Please consider a Canadian corner segment. Pretty sure you won't run out of material. Thank you very oh, much. Canadian, ah, I see. As in a, a specialty Canadian story each week. Yeah. Um, maybe, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you see good stuff, send me an email. Uh, I, admittedly, I don't consume much Canadian media beyond what people send me sometimes. Um, this is Eric Ray. It's hard to monkey up a world that is looking more like a director's cut of the Planet of the Apes every day. Oh, jeez. Travis Kelly, I think the guy wasn't white knight. He said move so you don't get hurt. Still, I think he uh, ha- he should have given her five across the eyes. Yeah, she was. she needed to be tamed. The Coward Liberius is called Dog Whistle because only dogs can hear it. If it's a racist dog whistle, then only the left can hear it. What what does that make what does that make them? That's yeah. true. Slasher says, people who live in glass houses sink ships. Alan Poe, if I had a dollar for every time Matt said anyway, I'd own a mansion. Hell, we all would. Who wants sports cars? I'm buying. Love you both. Keep the fantastic work. Thanks for all you do. Well, thanks. We've all got our weird words that we repeat. Yeah. I didn't know I said anyway that much. Now I'm going to be conscious of it. Radica says, if you are in Christian circles, avoid the F word. Monkey is often used in the place of it. Plus, I think the dictionary was avoiding N word. So he's saying in, in Christian circles where swear words are frowned upon, monkey is often a substitute. Ah, like okay. like uh, dang or gosh or that sort of thing. Ben says, Obama was quoted at a campaign speech in 2008 saying, it's just Republicans who have monkeyed around. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Grave, college won't be so bad. I think God there is another, I thank God there is another conservative that I room with that I can talk to. My professor said that his politics are his belief and we can't change it with facts, thoughts. Hmm. Man, I, it's tough for kids in college these days. Repeat the quote. I, let me make sure I understand. Um, his professor said that politics are his belief and we can't change it with facts. Well, yeah, but any belief or opinion worthwhile should be based on the observable facts of the world. Otherwise, what's the value of the opinion? Yeah. I mean, exactly. we, I guess we have to kind of agree that alignment with the facts is at some level a basis for a valuable opinion. If we don't agree on that, then I don't know how we could agree on anything in the world, to be no. honest. Nancy Muncy, say hi to my husband, Chris Muncy. I get the stink eye every time I super chat. He obviously doesn't know how cool this makes me. Are pretty cool, Nancy. Thank you. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Alan Poe, imagine playing Terror by Huntress at a David Hogg rally. Look up the lyrics, everyone, when you can. Great song by great artist. Rest hmm. in peace, Jill Janice. I'll just do a few more. Aiden Christie, monkey something up is not an uncommon saying, at least where I'm from. Someone might say, don't monkey it up when they give you a job. Ah, gotcha. Bill Stevens, um, can't help but send money to my favorite blonde. Want a date. I am married, sir. Uh, love you both. 
We'll keep, you know, just in case things fall apart, keep a list. <laughs> that Dada guy, I'm up in Toronto, Toronto for the weekend, got told by a bartender, we like Californians, they vote properly by a bartender. I crave so hard. That Leave that bar. I know. Economic wrong, think blonde. Have you heard the story of how the CIA used modern art to fight the Soviet Union culturally? I have. Shocking. I, I think I talked about it a little bit in the video I made on the Frankfurt School. Um, Dylan Blomberg, no hockey tonight, so I can finally watch live. First time donating. Love you guys. Matt, when are you going to in. watch The Wild and a real man sport? I'm not a hockey guy, which is, you know, I don't know. You know, family that's from Minnesota, I don't care about hockey and I don't care about fishing either. Can't really explain it. And yes, I've been to a live hockey game. I've never been to a wild game, but I have been to a Columbus Blue Jackets game. Oh, really? Yes. And um, um, I, I just, I, even live, I didn't find it entertaining. So it's just, it's just not my thing. Eric Ray says, Blonde, your new video was an excellent commentary about the current art culture and gallery scene. Thank you. Uh, AZ Archer, 6.5, not 5.6. And Blonde, if what flag do you want draped over your coffin? Can't be the American flag. Ooh, I don't know. I would want uh, the, the, the Hail Hortler flag with the screwed up swastika. <laughs> yeah. That's the one I want. Uh, last one for right now is from Ruzia. Ruzia. It's pretty racist of a left-leaning news media to assume DeSantis was referring to his opponent. If I call Gillum's policies shitty, does that make me a racist? Yes, it does. All right, let's uh, get back hmm. to the show and we'll circle back to these. Tell me about what's going on with the never-ending story of the New Mexico tire fort. Because I had this to thing... read this headline like five times because I was like, does this make any sense? Oh, which one? Do you have the Daily Wire one up or the Fox News? Um, I actually don't know. I think I pulled it from Daily Wire. Oh, I've got the Fox News article up. But what did Daily Wire the say? The FBI announced on Friday that it's arrested all five adults connected to the extremist Muslim compound in New Mexico. The arrest come just days after all charges were dropped against three of the defendants. So I was reading that thinking, yeah. do they mean after? Do they? Is that what they actually? No, but that's, that is what happened. I can't keep up with this story because everyone was so confused and mad earlier in the week because charges were dropped against these three. And then before I even had time to read about it. Oh, but now the FBI swooped in and arrested them again. Yeah. Yeah. OK. Um, Fox News reports that the five suspects who made national headlines this or last week, two weeks ago, um, were arrested by the FBI for violating federal firearms and conspiracy laws. Uh, oh. But this was more interesting to me. OK, so three of the suspects were their charges were dismissed um, by District Judge Emilio Chavez. It was, I can't, I can't even, I don't even know their names, Sabana Wahaj, Haruja Wahaj, and Morton. Um, I, and this was for the child negligence. After the prosecutors missed the 10-day limit for an evidentiary hearing to establish probable cause. So I guess they hmm. got them on the federal firearms charge. Yeah, so, so that much we can be clear about. The state charges are different from the federal charges. Different crimes, different charges. One is child negligence because they had starving kids. And by the way, one of them was dead yeah. at this yeah. compound. And then apparently this is news to me because this whole time I've been saying, well, I want to be careful about considering the guns and ammo themselves to be implicating. Right. Because there was no allegation that the firearm possession itself was a crime. But now the feds are saying, oh, no, no, no. Um, not only were they committing conspiracy in violation of federal law, presumably conspiracy to commit a terrorist attack or something to that effect. The school shooting would be a federal crime, but also federal firearms violation. So what that implies to me is that they were either illegal firearms, which like they'd be in possession of firearms that are that are strictly controlled under federal law, things like automatic weapons or you know weapons with other features, 
or that these people were prohibited persons, that they could not, in fact, own firearms under federal law. That's basically felons or, or people who are convicted of dom- um, domestic assault charges. Mm-hmm. I've not seen any mention of their prior criminal history, though. Did I miss that? Do they have a criminal record? Um, I'm not sure. I don't think so. I might be I've, I've not seen discussion of that. So for these firearms charges to be introduced now is very weird to me. It's like, okay, why are these charges coming up now? Because even if New Mexico had decided for procedural reasons or other reasons that, okay, we're not going to deal with, we're not going to, um, we're basically going to let them go on these, on these child neglect charges, but we know they committed violations of federal law. So we're going to, or at least that's the allegation. So we're going to turn them over to the feds, but that's not what happened. Instead, they let them go. And then the feds swoop in and rearrest them for n- charges that are like n- newly introduced. Yeah, yeah. So why are I'm the really feds? Suspicious what happened there? Did they actually miss that deadline? That seems like such an incredible oversight to me that I just can't believe it. Why are they so late to the scene? Yeah. And are they doing this in reaction to New Mexico letting them go? Because that's not good either. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I, I, I have so many, so many questions about this. And I, I don't know how to interpret it. It's like at, at every step, this story keeps getting weirder and weirder. Do we, do we know who destroyed the camp? Was that local New Mexico people or was that the feds? Uh, I think it was the feds. So the fe- Okay. Well, then why would the, if the feds are bringing firearms charges, why are they destroying firearms evidence? Remember, there was all kinds of like uh, ammunition. I, I don't know if guns themselves were left there, but there was ammunition. There was body armor. There were a lot of there's a lot of firearm related evidence that was left behind. Right. If they're now bringing firearms charges, why did they demolish this place in a way that it's neglected? Incredibly suspicious. It's we. I, I wish I had some kind of coherent analysis of this. I don't. Other than like, what in the hell is going on? Because it, prior people were speculating, including us. Like, is this some political calculation in New Mexico that they're trying to let this place off? Um, or is it some something to do with the way New Mexico laws are crafted specifically that they're getting off? But now we got this whole introduction of the feds swooping in late yeah. to kind of clean up the mess, but they already made a mess by demolishing the camp. Yep. I, I can't understand any of this. All I can say is keep watching this story because I don't know how to make sense of this. Hmm. Any additional thoughts you have on it? No, I mean, I find this baffling. I guess we don't, we won't know more until something comes out, but I just, I'm so suspicious. I'm so like, they just, they just didn't file this. I, I'm not buying it. Some, there's more at play here, but I can't quite figure it out. Is it just Islamic sympathies? Is that it? That'd be quite the deep conspiracy to go. I mean, I guess that could explain potentially what's happening in New Mexico, but clearly that wouldn't be happening at the federal level unless the, I just, I don't understand. Maybe someone can explain it to me. Maybe someone with a more sophisticated knowledge than I have could explain to me why the feds are swooping in so late to the game. Yeah. Was it that they themselves were like sympathetic to this and wanted to leave it alone and then decided, oh crap, this is a real snafu now that New Mexico's letting them off. We've got to swoop in and clean this up. Or like, why, what is it normal for federal charges to take this long? Maybe I'm missing that. Maybe it's actually totally normal. Maybe I don't that's know. A totally it seems like they would have some sort of import because of the nature of the case. I and it seems to me, like I said, 
Is there no cooperation between state and federal authorities on this issue? That seems, again, I'm not a great law enforcement mind. I'm not sure how this crime scene investigation stuff works necessarily. I don't do that. But it seems weird to me that there's, I guess, no cooperation between New Mexico state authorities and the feds. How could that be? How could they not be in communication? I don't know. Bizarre, man. Bizarre. Keep your eye on this story. There's more coming. And I'm sure we'll update as more becomes available. Meanwhile, the Democrats are always getting creative in their effort to lose in November. So uh, before we hop in to those stories, we have, of course, our obligatory sounder you love about how they're going to how they're going to lose this fall. And now a demonstration in how Democrats will miraculously lose in 2018 and beyond. Just win, baby. That's a sports term. That's a warrior sports term. Okay, Nancy Pelosi appears the face of Democratic loss in the fall and in the future and beyond. I hope she doesn't go anywhere. I hope the only reason I'll be sad when she dies. is because it means hope for the Democratic Party. That's the only reason I'll be sad. Uh, Nancy Pelosi appears for an extended interview on KQED, a San Francisco PBS station this week. During the interview, she says she foresees a big year for women in the election, specifically women in the Democratic Party, because Trump and the Republicans are so afraid of their women and their gay people and their minorities and their entire zoo of all these token identities. Yeah, it, it's, uh, I just, this stuff is so condescending to me. I know. Uh, we, can, we can discuss after the soundbite here, but just a brief soundbite from Nancy Pelosi on local San Francisco PBS. Is this going to be another year of the woman, do you think? And yes. why? Oh, we're going to have so many women. And that's why the Republicans are so afraid. And that's why President Trump is so afraid. He's afraid of all the women, people of color, LGBTQ numbers that will be added to the ranks in the Democratic Party, which is already a majority of women and people of color and LGBTQ. But it is, uh, it's going to be larger numbers. And it, it frightens them. It frightens them. Nobody's afraid of your minority coalition. They're afraid of your garbage ideas. Yeah, I know. They're afraid of your open borders, your no guns allowed, your communism light, your terrible platform that much of the country rejects. I don't care if that comes from a brown person, a, a gay person, a woman. I don't care who it comes from. I hate those ideas. Those are those ideas are what I'm afraid of. I don't even know if fear is the right word. It's those ideas I think are going to do damage to the country. Right. I mean, and hasn't their minority coalition been proven to be relatively ineffective? I mean, this is not working. I don't know what the numbers say, but one thing she's ignoring is is uh, phenomena or, or, or um uh, events or, or developments like the walk away campaign. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'll be surprised actually if, if trends don't go in the other direction. Remember yeah. white women voted for Trump actually in 2016. Like you, you, this idea that you have this vice grip on women. No, nah, not really. Not really. You have a vice grip on some women maybe, but the broader point that I was referencing earlier is it's just so condescending and insulting. I, I, Granted, I'm not one of her precious minorities that she's talking about. You count as at least one. 
Don't you think it's insulting and lame to be like, well, I know I have your vote on account of your gender or on account of your race or on account of your orientation or whatever else. Yeah. But the fact that women fall for this just verifies all of my, Hmm. my sexist viewpoints uh, and (laughs) self-loathing. I hope people are getting tired of that. I think they are because for somebody to tell me, uh, he or she knows how I vote based on my demographic. It's not that there aren't trends. I get it. It's not that it's not as though there aren't observable trends between the way men and women vote and white people and other races vote. That's all true, but she just takes these things for granted. And by the way, doesn't seem to explain why her ideas would appeal to these groups in any way. It's just Mm -hmm. like, look at, look at this rainbow coalition of all my little pets that I, all my little collectibles that I like to have. It's really infuriating. It's, it's just devoid of, of ideas. And it, it really bothers me. Uh, to the point that, or the story we were referencing earlier, the other silliness the Democrats are up to this week is taking on one of California's most um, most uh, widely appreciated businesses, that being In-N-Out Burger. So information was revealed, controversial information was revealed on Twitter this week. Uh, I forget who actually did the revealing, but it was revealed that In-N-Out the burger chain in California had given $25,000 this year to the California Republican Party. On Wednesday night, Eric Bauman, who is the head of the California Democratic Party, called for a boycott of In-N-Out on Twitter because they had made this donation. He tweeted uh, at two In-N-Out, the Caesar reference, tens of thousands of dollars donated to the California Republican Party It's time to boycott In-N-Out. Let Trump and his cronies support these creeps. Perhaps animal style. I don't, I mean, I know what animal style is. I don't get the joke though. What? I don't know. Let these creeps support them animal style? Is he he saying they're animals? I guess so, yeah. Also, because you disagree, because you're in support of the the other party, you're a creep? Yeah, that's bizarre. Okay. Now, some people within the party were smart enough to see how this is a impressively stupid idea, a very dumb idea politically. You want to, you want to, and I I know California, it's very unlikely that Democrats lose power in California, but one way to make that more likely is by attacking uniquely Californian things. Well, I know they have them in other States, but generally Californian things that everybody loves. Yeah. Everybody loves in and out. Come on. Uh, Why don't you attack the Golden Gate Bridge next? (laughs) Yeah. And say that it's offensive to bridges of other color. or I don't know. Make some stupid Democratic racist argument about it. Attack all these uniquely Californian things that people love about their state. And by the way, things that I love as what was formerly a great and beautiful place and is increasingly becoming a dump uh, with a whole bunch of welfare programs that are not sustainable in a state that seems destined for doom to be honest, at least financial doom, but prove me wrong. We'll see. Uh, So the the people who were not on board with this include the state's uh, communications director who works with this chair guy says John Vigna, who does communications for the state party says, Oh no, 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 no. The chair's tweet was just a personal view that we're not, we're not calling for an official party boycott. Uh, We're not happy that in and out, that uh, in and out gave the money to the Republican party, but we're not calling for an official party boycott. So, you know, our, our party chair guy, Eric Bauman, he's just doing this 
on his own. Uh, Democrats are very fired up. He says Chair Bauman is definitely giving a voice to a feeling a lot of people have right now, but we're not not trying to take down In-N-Out. Now, In-N-Out issued a statement that I admire and I wish more companies would do, which is like, yeah, you caught us. And if you don't like it, you can fuck right off. They didn't say that quite, but one could interpret it in such a way. And the themes are certainly there. Arnie Wensinger, the executive vice president of In-N-Out, issued this statement to a local reporter in 2018, and he revealed some key factual information as well. In 2018, In-N-Out Burger has made equal contributions to both Democratic and Republican political action committees in the state of California. So they're not even hardline partisan in their donations. For years, In-N-Out Burger has supported lawmakers who, regardless of political affiliation, promote policies that strengthen California and allow us to continue operating with the values of providing strong pay and great benefits for our associates. It is actually far more important to In-N-Out and our foundations, uh, their charitable foundations, to support our communities by contributing millions of dollars to hundreds of organizations in California to prevent child abuse, human trafficking, and substance addiction. So what they're saying there is, yeah, we actually give a lot more money to charity too. Yeah. Not, a, not that politically active, more to charity. I don't know that that's true, but I'll take him at his word on that. Uh, we have been fortunate to do business in the, in this great state for almost 70 years. While it is unfortunate that our contributions to support both political parties in California have caused concern with some groups, we believe that bipartisan support is a fair and consistent approach that best serves the interests of our company and all of our customers. Man, this guy didn't do any research, did he? Why is he wrong? Did you vet it? No, no, not the not Arnie Wensinger or whatever the fuck. Oh, the, oh. The, the guy that called for the boycott. Yeah, I've, well, do you think, I think their answer would seriously be, I don't care what else they do. I'm not considering this relative to other positive impacts they make. Any support of the Republican Party is itself a disqualifying infraction. Yeah. I think that's honestly what they would say. These guys like this Eric Bauman would say. Agreed. And again, to the super chat we had earlier, is this hypocritical of me to to rip the, to rip people boycotting in and out? When I've said, "Look, I don't go to Burger King, I don't go to Starbucks." Now, in spirit, these are similar things. If you decide you don't want to go to In and Out because they've done this support, that's fine. Don't don't do the virtue signaling bit. It doesn't make you some moral hero. It's not a political selling point like this guy's trying to make it. Uh. And if you're going to do it, actually do it. That was the other <laughs> that was the other part of this L.A. Times article I wanted to highlight before we finished with the story. Look at this quote at the bottom of it, as I referenced earlier. Um, customer Justice Jodell. This is just an anecdote, so take it with a grain of salt. But a guy eating it in and out, talking to a Los Angeles Times reporter, said he doesn't believe. Oh, no, sorry. He said he doesn't believe a boycott would be effective in the long run, but it's a good way to show that we are displeased with Trump. He said he was willing to join the boycott after he enjoyed his Thursday lunch. Okay. Huh. That's good. That's how everybody should handle these things. <laughs> and, uh, and again, I want to emphasize that other difference. in and out is not making this a selling point for their business. In fact, this was information about them. There's nothing they did they illegal. They didn't offer was- this up publicly, did they? No, and there's nothing they did that was illegal. It's just information that people dug up through you know, campaign contribution filings. So do I care that a business did? It, let's, say like, let's say that it was revealed that Starbucks CEO had donated, or even the Starbucks Corporation had donated to some like racial equity charity. Privately, they just did that. They like this organization. They want to support it. 
that would not make me boycott Starbucks. Yeah. I'd go, hmm. I mean, I don't know if I agree with that charity. I'd have to take a look. But they didn't make it a selling point for their business. They went, they didn't say come support us because yeah. or don't, you know, we hate this other thing, so support us. Uh, that would be another key difference to me in terms of uh, the way I view these boycotts. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I don't care what people do with, with the money that they've earned. Like, that doesn't really bother me. The Starbucks thing was totally different. Yeah, as long as they're not violating the law. If there's an allegation that they committed campaign finance fraud, which as I've discovered as of last week, of course, is the worst crime that one can possibly commit, campaign finance violations. Uh, yeah, I mean, as long as there's an allegation, there's no allegation that they broke the law or they did something corrupt. I don't care to your point. I, yeah. I don't, I'm not willing to boycott a, a business necessarily just because the guy disagrees with me on his own private time. If I'm going to the burger place, it's because I just want a damn burger. I don't expect that you agree with every worldview I have. Just don't throw it in my face. <laughs> yeah. Make me a damn burger. Okay. Uh, you want to talk MAGA hat theft? Yeah, three cases of, I guess, two are updates, right? Yeah, so one is an update that was recent, and then because this apparently keeps happening so much, I decided to circle back with, uh, remember Chubby Cabra oh, as the audience? how could I forget? Yeah, I've just, uh, even privately in my own life, I've been referencing her recently, you know? With, remember her stealing of the hat and saying, your free speech is literally <laughs> killing people out here. Yeah, and, and saying... Uh, yeah, and what else did what else did she say? I can't remember. She said a whole bunch of things. So I, I circled back with her. And uh, so we'll get to her in a moment. I want to get to this new case first. So also in California, Northern California, El Dorado County, outside of Sacramento, a high school student is facing battery charges after she ripped off a classmate's MAGA hat and slapped a teacher, <laughs> allegedly, trying to get her under control. Oh, my God. Let's take a look at what the local news report had to say about the latest MAGA hat theft out of El Dorado County, California. Yeah, this certainly wasn't your typical high school English class. Instead, it turned into a lesson in politics and criminal justice. Go right now, Show Video shows some of the tension inside this high school classroom. The teacher trying to subdue a fired up 17-year-old senior, Joanne Butler, hurling curse words after she became enraged at a classmate for wearing a President Trump Make America Great Again hat and grabbed it off his head. That's a oh racist and hateful symbol. Joanne Butler is Woof. now facing two counts of battery. <laughs> one against I wasn't going to say anything, but if you, now's your chance. I mean, how not? Look at that. Do you think that she would be so angry if she wasn't so witch-faced? I was going to say she looks like, um, she looks like her name should be Babushka. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come oh, on. Oh, geez. Bangs are not helping that situation out at all. Um, she looks like, I, I don't know, like a, she has a monstrous appearance. That's very unfortunate. I feel for this girl no matter how stupid she is. Back to her political advocacy as she wants to characterize it, which, you know, the law characterizes as battery, but political advocacy, we'll call it. Joanne Butler is now facing two counts of battery, one against her classmate and another against her teacher, who deputies say she slapped as he escorted her out of the room. Maybe just wake people up in some type of way because it's not cool the environment that our classroom is in. It wasn't handled the way I'd like it. Her father is now facing the legal impact of his daughter's now alleged criminal act. Well, I don't agree with, you know, you mean verbally abusing grabbing him? someone's hat and, and verbally talking to him that way. But as far as the issue being brought up, that maybe this is something that 
it needs to be not just it needs to be brought up. The school district's clothing policy does allow students to wear political symbols. Presidential politics heated in a high school English class. Now a student is facing battery charges for a brazen reaction to the president's campaign slogan. And besides her That's arrest, it? Joanne Butler was also suspended for a week from school. I'm the DA brad. here will likely decide later this week whether to formally prosecute her. Yeah, the dad actually pissed me off. Yeah, uh, it's like, why aren't you punishing your kid? Dad says, I don't agree with grabbing someone's hat, but... No, dude. No, no, but, no, no, no. no. Yeah. You're teaching your degenerate daughter that assaulting or battering someone in this case can be more or less acceptable depending on the message of their clothing. That's what yeah. you're teaching her. That if it's really offensive, if the hat or the t-shirt or whatever the message is, if it's really offensive, then it's okay to actually put your hands on that person physically. Stop, dad. And he's so, he's so, I don't know. I, I, I don't often throw that kind of accus uh, that kind of criticism at a person, but he's just pussyfooting around it. It's like, put your foot down, dude. Your daughter just put her hands on people at school because yeah. she was offended by a message. Yeah. This is pure degeneracy. Your daughter's out of control and you need to, you need to get her under control. Yeah. You need to lay down the law, dude. And instead he's like, well, I can kind of understand why she, no, 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 but no, no. Like, can't we just give her a wider latitude to be a brat? <laughs> I don't know. I don't care how she behaves. I feel for that girl. She's going to have a hard life. It's going to be harder if she does this kind of crap. Is it though? She's got to be At really least nice. Will pay attention to her. I mean, think of how nice she has to be. <laughs> that's true. She has to be smart, funny, and nice. Just she's got to check all the boxes. That's just, it's a damn shame. Hmm. God, we are just awful. <laughs> I don't care. Making fun of a high school girl's appearance, but. But that high school girl. Who created this circumstance? I'm like the dad now. I'm justifying our degeneracy know, with right? butts and qualifiers. The difference is our, our degeneracy here is verbal. It's idea. It's conversation. Okay. There's a difference between that and physically putting your hands on somebody. You got to teach your kids that. It, whatever happened? You know, sticks and stones may break my bones, man. Yeah. Words do not justify you trying to break someone else's bones. And I know she wasn't going that far in this case, but you have to instill those kind of basic values in the your children for our violence. society to have any hope. I did promise that I would be done by eight, so we're going to have to hurry through your deeds. All right. Well, I fault you for making that promise. <laughs> I know. I I'll know. Be, I'll be quick with these other MAGA hat story updates. They're just. Uh, conclusions or developments to previous MAGA hat thefts that we have visited in the past. Remember this, uh, this case on the 4th of July out of San, uh, no, it wasn't San Antonio or was it? Yeah, it was, it was what, Riverside, San Bernardino. Oh no, no, that, that you're thinking of, uh, Chubby Cabra. Oh yeah, yeah. First I'm getting to this more recent one. It was San Antonio, but it was at a Whataburger. Remember he walked by, stole 17 year old kids MAGA hat, threw soda in his face. Remember that one? Oh yeah. Okay, so that guy has now been indicted. On Wednesday, he was indicted on a charge of theft of person. I'm not sure what that means, but that was his charge. And it is a state jail felony. The attacker is out on bond with a trial set for October 19th. He has a prior criminal record that includes misdemeanor offenses for marijuana possession and driving while intoxicated. Recall he was also fired from his job at a local bar as for a this, result right? of the incident. Yeah. So looks like some level of justice developing there. Uh, Meanwhile, I circled back to this because we didn't actually get an update on Chubby Cabra 
at least I hadn't seen one. I knew she was potentially facing a charge, but I never circled back, and now I thought it would be a great time. This actually was published by the College Fix on July 3rd. No, the headline might make you seem a little pessimistic, but worry not. It says, no jail time for student who stole Piers MAGA hat in viral video. That is true, but there are punishments for Edith Macias, or Chubby Cabra, as the chat named her. Honorable mention to Dora the Fridge Explorer. <laughs> I forgot about that. that <laughs> Don't forget one. that one. I wish I could credit the people who came up with those properly. Uh, understand that uh, I would if I, if I recalled. If that was you, feel free to claim it. Anyway, she's not going to face jail time. But she has now graduated from UC Riverside, as you mentioned. She pled guilty to petty theft, won't face jail time as long as she completes a court-appointed program, some type of training or whatever. She has since taken anger management classes and gave a written apology to the student whose hat she stole, although the student says, ah, the apology was bullshit. It wasn't really sincere, but, I mean, who would expect it to they be They should have sincere? thrown the book at her, but I'll take what I can get. At least this, uh, I don't know if the school actually did punish her. She did graduate, so she wasn't expelled, clearly. But, um... But at least there, there is some mechanism in the Justice Department uh, at the local level that's saying, not cool, can't just take people's property right, right. and put your hands on their body physically because you disagree with their politics. Good. Okay. And I'll move along quickly here because uh, we're running out of time. But I wanted to bring back Surprise Cringe. It's been a while. Yeah, although the themes are somewhat predictable. So you might, you'll see a theme that you... Uh, would expect to see, but I kind of want to just get your live reaction to this clip. And because it is from HBO, who are copyright Nazis, I have had to heavily distort the oh. video. You should still be able to tell what's um what's going on. So here is our surprise cringe for the evening. So tell me about the sweater you're wearing. It's a coat of many colors, like Dolly Parton. You like Dolly Parton? Mm-hmm. Mama says I put her out. I, I turn Katy Perry and Dolly Parton like 30 times a day. Do you want to grow up to be like them? Mama says I might grow up to be the president. Yeah? Mm-hmm. What would you change about the world if you were president? Um, that chance people be free and go to the bathroom they want to go to. Are you able to use the girls' bathroom at school? No! No. Kai, I can tell you're getting a little emotional with what's making you sad. I don't know. My lesbian mother has projected all of her weirdness on me. Sometimes it's very hard. What do you want from me, man? So that is a promotional. I'll give you a little context here. That is a promotional for an upcoming Vice uh, episode or story they are calling reality for transgender kids using school bathrooms in texas it this profile is of a as far as i can tell an unnamed child of unknown age but what we're watching right? what we're watching is a little boy who has been conditioned to believe he is a girl and cry about how the school is being unfair to him yeah, by i know this mom once again are you seeing a thread here yeah and i know this is beating a dead horse i know it's not a topic i know it's a topic that we've discussed ad nauseum uh, but it obviously continues to be normalized, or at least the effort to normalize it continues. What was really sad to me about this particular one was the fact that the child was crying at his own plight. We don't actually observe that very frequently. And what bugged me a lot about this one was that is a, a child crying about a problem that would not occur to him were he not indoctrinated to believe exactly. this is an issue. 
Ugh, Lord help me. You know, little boys cry about not getting the toys they want, or they cry about skinning their knees, riding their bikes. That would be a normal little boy if he had normal big parents. Yeah. I, I don't know Where's how dad? old he is. Where's he, dad? I've, I, they or don't show the parents. With some fellow cliff diver. They, they didn't show the parents at all. If you're listening to this and you didn't have the video, what would you guess that kid was? I would guess seven or eight. Younger, but I can never Maybe tell. younger, you think? I don't know. Clearly not a child that's old enough to understand what transgenderism means no. or the idea of that I should. That's not cringe. You should change this segment to like <laughs> soul-crushing leftist news of the week. I suppose. It's just um it's just the fact that that is not something a little boy would naturally cry about, you know, left to the natural world and a natural interaction with his parents. Anytime it's it's not it's not fun to see a child in distress and crying like that. But when you know that the issue is not a real issue that the child even understands. It's all the more upsetting. And you know that, that those are tears that have been imposed upon him yeah. by the parents. Yeah, definitely. There's just a, there's a sickness to that that really upsets me. Really, as somebody who's not normally sympathetic to like, like most people crying emotion, that doesn't hit me like it hits you or other people. But that one, damn, that really bugged him because it's just like, I just, I just want to go be his dad. Yeah. You know, I want to just step in there and be his dad. Yeah. That's what I want to do in that so, scenario. That's because this is child abuse and you're reacting viscerally yeah. to it because they're raising the children to believe something totally insane. Like I saw a, a guy the other day who had like long hair and he was with his like weird trans girlfriend, whatever. And I could tell he was having gender issues. And I look and he has a giant tattoo that says gender fucked on the inside of his arm. I'm like that person is never going to have a normal life. Never. There is no chance that they're going to be able to turn this ship around. And that's the future that they're offering these children. Like nothing about the rest of your life is ever going to be normal. You're going to have no community. All you're going to have are your own made up ailments and your psychiatric problems because I was such a shit parent. Yeah. It's, we've talked about it many times. One of, the, one of the primary functions of parenthood is to be a guide for your child in making sense of the world around them as they encounter new elements and aspects of that world. When you are, oh, there goes blonde again. This ought to be fun. Anyway, when you are injecting nonsense into their perception of the world as opposed to sense, uh, that's when things get tragic. But I, apparently we're having a repeat of the technical difficulties from last week. So let me go ahead and open Super Chat since that is our last topic uh, of the night. And we'll see if Blonde comes back or if perhaps um, Husband Guy decided that he wants dinner. Oh. What happened? <laughs> I was going to say you just got kicked out. Hold on. Let me fix you. I was speculating that maybe um, maybe your husband wanted dinner and he decided there was a hard hard out. Seriously, though, I kicked I you off. Um, let's see. We're, we're good on Super Chat. Yeah, let's let's finish with that. Um, downskated David Hogg. I, that makes me want to cry. Uh, David Hogg says love will break uh, S&W. I personally love my M&P 2.0. I'm thinking mm. about buying more Smith and Wesson. Uh, somehow I don't think David understands people love their guns. Great shirt. Blonde keep the show coming. Thank you. Uh, the Belit says, watch episode zero earlier today. Surprisingly good. The show has been gold from the first. Keep it up. Thank you so much. I don't know what that is, and nobody should watch no it. No one should. Don't, don't even watch anything that <laughs> predates episode 50. So I disappeared. Solid advice. You didn't disappear. In my, in At my least on my end. Did I disappear on your end? Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Maybe just a connection issue with the service. 
Ah, Josh, boy, at least ESPN spelled R-E-S-P-E-C-T, right? That's true. Uh, it was in the graphic. They got true. that part right. Steel and Soul 15, ESPN, every day spouting political nonsense. Uh, Philbert 53 Rogers, great show. I've been able to introduce you guys to a couple friends, and they've enjoyed the show immensely. Keep up the cool. good work. Well, thank, thank you for you. doing that. And I'm sorry I've been so tired tonight. You guys know moving is like, it's so stressful. And I am, yeah, you got a lot going on. Yeah, I'm, I'm really beat. I did my best to like bring it to the show, but there was a good 20 minutes there where I was like, I'm going to fall asleep. <laughs> Maybe that's my fault. I don't know. No, it's not uh, your fault will, at all. It's just, you know, when you're just so tired and there's just nothing you can do to fight it. Like, yeah. there's nothing you can do. And I will say to the super chatter, the thank you pers personally for sharing the show with people who would be inclined to We really to appreciate enjoy. that. A lot of times people ask what they can do. Like, I understand not everybody can spare a dollar to support the show. And it wouldn't be my expectation that they do. I'm very appreciative of people who do decide to do that. But in the absence of financial support, if you would like to help the show... Sharing it with even one or two friends is hugely helpful because they do the same and the show grows from there. Yeah. We don't get promotion from YouTube or Twitter or whatever. They're not going to promote us. So it really relies on like people who enjoy the show recommending it to a friend and maybe they catch exactly. on too. So yeah. really appreciate that. You can't stop the scout said I watched Deadpool 2 yesterday and while I enjoyed it, it had some anti-white, anti-Trump jabs. Ugh. And it said at the end of the movie, created 15,000 jobs. What are your thoughts on that? I mean... Like we talked about earlier in the show, the left has just permeated all of our entertainment sources as well. We've got to take it back. We've got to find hmm. something. I used to think that Rick and Morty was like the show of the right, but then I found out that that guy's just a leftist pedo like the rest of them. I don't watch. Does the show, um, does the po do the politics infiltrate into the show? No, I mean, it's not a lot of political stuff. It's more like red pill life truths. I thought hmm. that, that maybe they were more conservative than they actually turned hmm. out to be. Um, Mike, uh, I must have Mike blog. My Bob. Uh, hey, Blonde, just want to say I really enjoyed your understanding of modern art video. Thanks a lot for the nice positive video. Sometimes we focus too much on the negative. Thank you. Cool. Stephanie Thrasher, love the last video, Blonde. Man, tearing it up. Wow. Um, I left a comment there as well. <laughs> yeah. But you should check out the classical education model when you homeschool. It's the way Western values were traditionally passed out. I am not going to homeschool, even though I really would like to. Um, You're conceding that fight? Yeah. You're I mean, yielding? What husband says goes. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Alpha Josh, in IL voluntary going to the mental hospital for any reason, even if you get out the minimum stay of five days and you're banned from getting a gun. Oh, in Illinois. I'm retarded. Mm. Um, I think that's even too far and ridiculous. That's true. I did see somebody in the live chat say that they voluntarily committed themselves for anxiety or something like mm. that. And that yeah. And that's the other issue, the trouble with the mental health thing I didn't mention earlier. All mental health conditions are not created equal. You yeah. Know? It's like, it, 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 the, you just be, I don't know, like anxiety is not the same thing as like a personality disorder or psychopathy or something like that. There's a lot of difference in terms of the mental conditions people have. Yeah. Uh, Ryan says, great content as always. Would you support a movement to keep the United States a majority white nation? Like what the founding fathers wanted. I don't really see a way I could support that publicly without it destroying my life. Hmm. You want to take the, you want to, take um, <laughs> I mean, I, well, the closest I could get is as, as we went through in detail on, on, on Wednesday, um, in general, I would, I would be in favor of a restrictive merit based immigration policy. And I would not want to import immigrants at a rate faster than we could integrate them. So yeah. in my mind, uh, an immigration policy that we had would probably be minimal such that demographic effects would be pretty minor and you wouldn't see a shift. Now, am I of the persuasion that like demographics are key? No, 
so that's about as close as you're going to get from me. If it, There's my dog whistle if you want it. Any Thank chance you. you can take the rest of these super chats? Are, are you going to bail? Can I bail? Oh, come on. Okay, all right. Just a couple right. minutes. We'll go through them fast. Okay. Um, Garrett Spencer Carlson, there's nothing free about this market. Corporations paying employees just enough so they still get welfare. This is literally the biggest problem we face. Now completely blackpilled. I hear you, Garrett. Hmm. Um, Bob Smith, wow. YouTube super chat not letting me say certain things. Yes, they don't let you cuss and hmm. and some other stuff. You've got to put like an asterisk, but we'll get the message and say it appropriately on, on the show. David Katz is not from Europe. Wait. David Katz is from not Europe. We, we got it. We got it. Ah. Uh, Trojan Horse 109 Gaming. It's been a while Jeez. since I last donated. <laughs> Work kept me from viewing the show. Did you guys hear about Obama's Title IX reversal? I was sincerely hoping to become a regular. No, I did not. Obama's Title IX reversal. I'm not keen on that. I know there have been some Title IX reversals that Trump did with regard to Obama Title IX interpretations regarding gender bathrooms and gen, yeah. you know, gender sports issues in school, but nah, I'm not keen on that. Um, Brian Polito says, Matt, take a look at Celtic sub 2000. Celtics usually suck, but this is a sweet gun. Alan Poe, one seven. Can I'm, we still, I'm play? on a self-imposed gun buying ban yeah, for the rest of the year. Happen. I bought too many, but I will consider it. Thank you. Uh, Alan Poe. Can we still play the band? The monkeys around black people? Or is that not allowed anymore? <laughs> not allowed. Mafia Guido, yeah. Matt, if the only hockey game you went to was a CBJ game, depending on when you went, I, as a longtime Blue Jackets fan, can tell you it doesn't count as hockey. They were really bad for a while, and I have the math to prove it. It was against the Capitals, though, and the Capitals had Ovechkin, so I feel like I at least got good. And I believe the Capitals won in overtime in that game. So, you know, I saw, some, I saw at least one hockey team. Uh, Ryan says, you guys admit that an anti-white agenda exists. If white people become a minority in the U.S., will our privileges end or will we be treated like white South Africans? I mean, I think. No, that, of course. Yeah, of course, we'll be treated badly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not minority stat. I, I grant for sure. It's not minority status they care about. It is anti-white. Yep. I, I have no delusions about that. It's not this minority fetishization. It is a yeah. dislike and or hatred of white people. Notes behind the bar. Blonde, have you ever thought of making a video on how the rise of male-female platonic friendships have affected modern gender relations and romantic relationships? Would love to hear your take. Uh, yeah, that's a good idea. I mean, generally, I don't think that you can be in a platonic um, relationship with somebody of the opposite sex unless one of you is so unattractive that you're unfuckable or that one of one of you is gay. Hey, what? <laughs> We're in a business we, relationship. We have a business relationship. All right, all right, We've but... actually only met one time. Um, I think our, our channel knows this, but just the only time Skag and I have ever met in real life was at the RNC. And that was years ago. Yep. Maybe in two more years we can meet up again. Um, but generally I think that's true. Whenever I see like, well, we're, we're best friends. I'm like, mm, really? Um, attack alpaca says it's labor day week and many of us are off from work tomorrow. What are the chances of you guys going an extra hour? Just kidding. Ooh, thank you. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I'm already appreciate overtime. that though. You always want to leave an audience wanting more, not feeling that there's too much. So appreciate that. Um, Bill Stevens says I'm blonde. I meant a date with a different blonde. All right. Play the one. Oh. Uh huh. John Martin says you guys rock. We love the way you think. Thank you, John Maddington. I love my double, double MS 13 style, or I mean animal <laughs> style. My fries salted with a pinch of liberal tears to get oh, that extra flavor. Oh my God, and man. extra then... straws for my two scopes of ice cream shake. Um, two scopes or two scoops? He said scope. Oh, he, right. no, well, no, no, no. Well, he said scoops, but I read it as scopes because of the, um, 
rim rim shot for ms13 style the next That's time good. i get to an in and out i'm definitely gonna definitely gonna try that one uh Quebec, Quebec says, I like the way Ryan thinks at this state now. I'm sick of this enrichment. I'm sick of the anarcho-communists as well. It's clear there's no escape from identity politics. The latter part, I'll, I'll, I agree with. I made a video about that, but I just don't think that you can anybody can separate themselves from identity politics because I would love to see the leftist that's going to go up to a black person and be like, listen, you can't have any pride for your race. It's just yeah. not going to happen. That's that's the only thing I've ever been in favor of. I, it's you know, it's I don't necessarily care about identity politics in my life, but we just have to have the same rules for everybody, and clearly we don't right now. Um, Alan Poe says, "Can we uh, please can we see Angry Matt more often? It's incredible. Highly approve of hmm. Angry Matt. She looks like she talks like a caveman. Me no like Trump. Me think hat racist. Me take you hat." Uh, Benjamin Abrams, man jaw and a little angry? face bent. <laughs> I guess maybe I was a little fired up tonight. But I Her mother's husband looks like low T, high soy. He would have done things differently by crying and begging like he does with his wife repeal the night. Mm. Yeah, that's that's true. Where did she get that brow? It must have been all of mom's high T. Yeah, yeah really. Uh, Redica <laughs> says, I am waiting for the mega hat thief to say, hey, you guys, sloth. Um, Ryan says esoteric African. It's nice to see a fellow red pilled individual that is hooked that has, um, looked into mainstream Satanism and seen it for what it actually is. God bless. Uh, Joel Dykeman, lesbian shouldn't procreate says blonde. Probably, uh, <laughs> no comment. Economic wrong thing. I just recently moved to easily my least favorite thing to do. Yeah, I really, I'm so tired. Mm. Quebec, Quebec. Um, I was looking into the history of RMS Lusitania. It has made me rethink all of history. How much of what we know about the world is a lie much like hmm. the stats on school shootings. Um, yeah. I understand that once you start going down this road, there's no. I'm not keen on that particular case, but yeah, when you see something that's like, okay, not only is something I trusted bullshit, but the implications of that being bullshit are far beyond just this case. It is, uh, yeah. yeah, you get lost down some intellectual rabbit holes when stuff like that happens. Daniel Hawk says, please ask Larry Sharp on the podcast. He's running for governor in New York as a libertarian. Oh, we yeah, yeah. Out there. I've seen him on Ruben. He was, yeah, I listened to him on Ruben. I'd talk to him if he was interested. I don't know that he'd consider our show to be the greatest uh, campaign not. platform. Yeah. If I don't think it would boost his status very much. I would talk to him, yeah. Uh, Fat Hooligan, would you load the, the Streamlab donations? Yeah, I can do that. Up? Fat Hooligan says, just got back from climbing a mountain just in time for the last two minutes of the show. I hope you're cool. doing great. Have a good night. Thank you, Fat Hooligan. Uh, Kenneth Nichols, another great show I don't have the stomach for. I had sex with Matt's story, but I call the dog whistle if I did. You guys are gross. That's true. Who are we dog whistling with those Matt and I once made love comments? Yeah, right. Uh, Kryn Y just got back from the worst deployment of my life. Oh, man, I'm sorry, bro. I want to thank you guys for the show. It really helped me push through each week until the end. Keep it up. Wow, well, that great. really touches my heart. Thank you and so th much. Thank you for serving. Very much appreciated. All right, we're done on these. Okay, I actually had to sign into Streamlabs to take a look. So if you're already signed in, uh, it's still yeah. loading up. Let's see. What's the date today? It's September second. Uh, I need the. I don't have the Jeopardy music ready. Okay, okay. I got it. Did okay. you read any of these earlier? Or are we starting fresh? Starting fresh. Okay. Uh, qualified berserker said, "I wouldn't uh, be surprised if Strux go." F oh wait, wait, wait. These, these are old. These are old. God dang it! No, stream. They say September second. Yeah, I know. I just scrolled down because I thought they were just for this stream, but that's why I got confused. Sp Spamus. Spamas. 
says, uh, first time donation. Just wanted you to say to you guys, Crowder and uh, Get Off My Lawn are my favorite podcasts and yours I end up looking forward to all week. Thank you for saving my Sunday all the way up here in Canada. Well, thank you. And it's an honor personally to be associated with those two acts because those are both uh, creators that I look up to for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Rich Ben says monkey things up is a term mostly used by country folk. My parents used it all the time. So apparently it, it exists. All right, I stand corrected. Coleman Sweeney says ESPN fired Rob Park for calling Heis, the Heisman winner, uh, Robert Griffin, a quote, cornball brother. I had not heard that one for being a Republican and marrying a white chick. Stephen A said, uh, what's no Stephen A said that was out of bounds, but this is okay. I hope he contracts I hope he contracts the herpes his co-host Kellerman has. Dang it, Streamlabs, you make good jokes like that. So difficult so to difficult read. So difficult to read. Although I found if you widen the page, it actually makes it a little oh, bit really? better. But yeah. But uh, but anyway, that's all. That's all. Anything else before we get out of here? No, I'm really sorry. I was so wiped out, guys. Um, I'll be moved soon and I'll be able to, you know, bring bring the energy. Hmm. Well, Thank you, as always, uh, to our live chatters and live viewers and super chatters putting up with uh, some of us low-energy jebbing it up. Sorry. Although sometimes that's me, so I can't be too critical. But we appreciate you guys hanging out live. If you're listening later on YouTube or in an audio platform on demand, thank you kindly as well for supporting the show. Remember, there is more material including the call-in show and, uh, and, other, and other stuff you might not find on YouTube. That's all on the audio platforms of the show. So check those out. Those are Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher. They're all linked conveniently in the description for you. And remember, you can always email us. That's beautyandthebeta at gmail.com. We will be back next Sunday because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, you sleepy-eyed son of a bitch. And blonde is uh, blonde takes the title of sleepyhead son of a bitch son of a bitch this week, but it's not meet the press. It's Beauty in the Beta. See you next week. Bye guys.